This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking origin. Who's going to write our book report? I don't want to be the same. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Hello. How are you, Aaron? Doing well. Bit of a rainy weekend, but that didn't mm-hmm. stop from having a good time with my little girlfriend. First of uh, all, I do the weather reports. I I merely said a bit of a rainy. <laughs> that, that leaves so much blank space for you <laughs> to paint the canvas with all the important weather updates as, on a podcast that isn't immediately dated once we release it. Yeah, as chief meteorologist for the show, you know, I will say things like that too, just very broadly. <laughs> and that is a very in-depth, you know, weather forecast. So just a little bit rainy so means a lot. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Uh, no other report this week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did the 180 on you. <clears throat> Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We did get to film me a most important for review. The occasional commentary check or some other from movie topic. This is episode 564. 564. 564. Uh, Eastern, Western Washington. Okay. Yeah. And this week we're discussing Origin, uh, the new film from director Ava DuVernay. Uh, and joining us to discuss Origin, we have from Movies Marcus, he too is ready to challenge the system. It's Marcus Robinson. Hey, what? Well, I thought you were going to give me intro music. <laughs> Where's that? The 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 2001 Space Odyssey music, right? Might be in post. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, hi. Hi, I'm hi, back. Marcus. I'm back two weeks in a row. By popular okay. demand, I saw all the comments online, <laughs> and I, I came back. You're welcome. Yeah, well, uh, how are you doing? The people's champ, Marcus. Yeah. The people's champ. Thank Don't you. Encourage him. Oh, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Abe. Well, we so don't I, know Aaron is the people are invisible, and that's why I said no, it. no, no. Edit that out. <laughs> I. <laughs> Ready? Let's go. Okay. Thank you, thank you, Abe, for. Uh, for those kind words, they will be remembered. <laughs> Anything to be remembered like this. <laughs> yes. it, it is good to have summer movie gamble champion Marcus Robinson back on the show. Happy to Thank hear you. from you. Look forward to talking about this movie with you, actually. Yes. Um, uh, speaking of the kind <laughs> notes you mentioned regarding last week's episode, yes, we did record our top 10 show last week. And uh, it was actually met with, I mean, it's not like it was unexpected or whatnot, no. or, or it's like, oh my God, they did a good job for once. Like, but no, I, I do, I did see, <laughs> uh, you know, a good amount of response to our top 10 show, which uh, mm-hmm. Abe, myself, along with Marcus and Mark Hoban, uh, along with many other guests who chimed in, uh, that was a lot, that was a lot of, those are, those are a lot of fun to do for sure. Cause they're, mm-hmm. you know, extended episodes where we talk about a lot of different things, but also having all the different guests that we have chime in, uh, made for a fun show to edit together. And I'm just happy yeah. that everyone uh, uh, seemingly quite enjoyed it. So. Yeah, we uh we almost made it to uh Oppenheimer levels of runtime, but not quite. No, we did. <laughs> we thought Oppenheimer was like three twenty eight or something like that. Oppenheimer's three. Killers of the Flower Moon's three twenty eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess we didn't make it to the Killers of the Flower Moon status. Yeah, we're in a, we're in an in between zone. Mm-hmm. We're seventeen. But uh, a good show nonetheless. Yeah. Um, and which is available. Right now, on wherever iTunes, you find your podcasts, which is, includes iTunes or Spotify, where you can also give us a, re- a review and or rating, which would be great. Help, uh, thank you help out the show. Yeah, thank you in advance. Give us a little thumbs up or give us a, a little blurb. Speaking of things available on those feeds, we have a new commentary track. Uh, we just recorded one for the Pirates of the Caribbean: colon, The Curse of the Black Pearl, the first of 
five total pirates movies we'll be doing commentaries for for the next few months this was a lot of fun and based on how we uh, reacted to watching this and talking about the first one things are only going to get sillier as we keep going through this pirate series so stay tuned (laughs) but a lot of fun scott mendelson brandon peters and yancey burns uh, joined me to discuss the first pirates movie uh where we act as if there's only one pirates movie um which is a fun way to approach it Uh, Mm. so feel free to check that out a lot of fun on that commentary uh, and then stay tuned, of course, for Dead Man's Chest in February. Uh, speaking of bonus episodes, our horror awards are coming. Uh, we will be recording those this week with friends of the show, Mike Dillon and Mark Hoffmeyer. Uh, so if you want to hear all about our thoughts on the 2023 horror movies and the various awards we'll associate that with them, stay tuned because that's coming very soon. <laughs> um, all right. I think that's all the show notes we need to go through here. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's get some out of hookies. Trademark. PM. Trademark. TM. This is good. I like that. That's great. Get, you know. Yeah. I got this two weeks in a row and I'm I'm here. I'm here. Doing it. All right. Abe, what have you been watching recently? <laughs> I caught up on The Great North, which is a television show. Uh animated <laughs> television show on Fox. That's, that is not new. Yeah. I'm nope. not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, they, they had a delay uh, with how they, they released their stuff. Um, but I, uh, I like the show and I, I'm hoping that it keeps going. I think I like the voice cast more than anything. And the family is actually pretty nice, but, um, what's the general premise of this show? It's a family in Alaska that just does things in Alaska. They just live in Alaska voiced by people like Nick Offerman, um, Jenny Slate, Will Forte. Jenny Slate. Yeah. Uh, Alanis Morissette makes a cameo appearance every now and again as Jenny Slate's imaginary friend in the stars. Um, but they kind of just have adventures. Um, Aparna Nancharla. Uh, again, mm-hmm. a lot of like stand-up comedians, a lot of people that Aaron, you'd know from Come to Bang Bang. Yeah, um, looking at this list right now, it's a, it's a plethora of comedic folk that I'm familiar right, with. Right, yeah. And they had a little bit of delay, but the reason why I'm kind of shouting out is I'd like for people to support it. Um, it has gotten like middling reviews, uh, but I hope that my streaming uh, on Hulu is uh, counted for something. If you like it, you like it. Hmm. Yeah, if you like it, you like it. Exactly. Yeah. You're the only review that I that I that I care about. Yeah, thank you, Marcus. Uh, or should I say, Summer Award? Uh, you, know. you don't have to say that at all. Okay, you all do. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's my title. I earned um, it. So I watched that, and then I also watched. Uh, I don't know if you guys have uh, seen this one. Um, it's a film from 1991. It's called uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles. Um, and the reason I was watching this 91, or is it? Yeah, it's 91, right? Well, the first 90 the first is the first, action. 90, 91 is the, is the secret of the use. Oh, 90 then. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just want to make sure you were watching the right one. <laughs> Secret, I, I've, I've watched Secret of the Use many times, but I was watching, I was talking about the original one. Okay. And the reason I was watching this is because a buddy of mine, uh, he sent me a clip of Michelangelo doing the nunchucks, uh, versus the Foot Clan, and I was like, oh, now I have to watch the whole movie. <laughs> and you know what? Costume design is incredible for the Shredder uh, in that movie. So you should go back. If you, I, I think it also, we've talked about this before, but the tone of it, is, it matches much more with the original comics. Comic. Yeah. yeah. And the original comics is actually very dark um, for what they're trying to show these turtles going through. And spoiler alert, they actually do kill Shredder in the comic um, in like the first few first few issues. Uh, of it so it's um it's it's much darker than people realize and then obviously they got colors and and they got you know fruit tarts and all this other stuff and 
they became uh, just a happy go bunch of uh, Ninja Turtles that have since spawned at least, at least like six sequels. So I think uh, in the, the the tenure of this podcast so for over a decade, we've established pretty clearly that we're very pro Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. This is very so, true. Yes. Yeah, the erasure of it in the in the national discourse um, will not be found here. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but in large part, a lot of a lot of TV. So uh, that's it. All right, Marcus, what have you been watching? All right, um, <clears throat> I saw two movies outside of the the movie we're going to talk about. Um, two from last year. Uh, one was a rewatch. The first one was The Delinquents. It's oh, um, an yeah. Argentinian film, three-hour Argentinian film that had a really great premise. The It's about a, a, a bank employee who plans to steal uh, enough money so he never has to work again. And he's going to take the money, give it to a co-worker to store and to hide, go turn himself in, do his time, and then come out and they'll split the money and you know, live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Going in, I was trying to find out if this movie would justify the three-hour runtime. For me, it didn't. I think it lagged a little bit. But when it hit, it hit. Like, for two hours of the movie, I really enjoyed this. And it was because I uh, the direction. It really, uh, I, I feel like he's an admirer of Alfred Hitchcock. And he really does the thing well where the guy is watching the clock from inside the prison but the guy outside who hid the money is also in a prison he's sweating and he's he's he there's an investigation going on and it's kind of has this like dark comedy undertone hmm. and you know it's it's good it's it's very good i know it's got it's been like kind of critically acclaimed but it's it's very good um just for me it wasn't it's a 3 hour movie with a premise like that is a hard ask mm-hmm. i know for a lot of people um and i think it, it probably served better as a two-hour movie um but yeah that was one of the movies that i saw and it does uh it does aim <clears throat> for what you're saying as far as being this kind of it's a it's a it's slow cinema like it's trying to like when it you're, is you're not wrong when it goes for the hitchcock thing yes obviously the momentum speeds up but it's trying to be like a mix of that and like a Chantal Ackerman movie, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. deliberately paces yeah. itself very slowly. And I can, yes. I can, I can entirely understand like not being fully on board. Like I like the movie quite a bit, but I would agree. You, you do find yourself questioning, like, do we need all of this? <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I do. I do know knowing that it's a movie about money yeah. and also this economic state of Argentina. I feel like there was some stuff that I missed just because I didn't, I don't know uh, other outside of like an article that I've read. There, there probably was some probably stuff that I missed, but yeah, I was kind of questioning like, okay, they're talking about something. They're ta- they're they're talking about Argentinian poets, and they're talking about you know, kind of like random stuff that I just didn't understand. But it does make a few like <clears throat> narrative shifts in perspective that I appreciated. Like I thought that mm-hmm. was just interesting. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Like I like I do again, I do like the movie a lot. Sure. I actually okay. forgot to put it on my top fifty because I'm like, oh yeah, that movie that I like had to yeah. shove it in. It's like yeah. number fifty one or something like that now. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But yeah, anyway. it was it was it was really it was really when it was good, it hit. It was like, right. oh wow, I'm really this is a this is kind of right up my alley, little like Twilight Zone-ish, little Hitchcocky and stuff. Mm-hmm. um on a on kind of a long form scale but yeah it also looks yeah. nice there's a lot of like it also looks shots of argentina that are just really right beautiful to look right at. 
right. the way that you, you set it up originally with like the city and the, and the country. Yeah, the way that you set it up with like the the premise of the movie, I, I immediately thought of Logan Lucky, but uh, okay. probably less funny than Logan Lucky. Yeah, there, there. Okay, well, side note, quick side note, but there was the like I was scrolling like TM, T, TCM. Oh, like, I thought we were, if you were scrolling TMZ, TMZ like no, you're, you're off scrolling TMZ. TMZ. No, no, T, 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 But there was, you know how like they show like these little 15 minute segments before a movie, they'll maybe show like a old whatever. They were showing this like FBI um dramatization, like don't do this, kids, or whatever. And it was basically this premise. And so I would remember that I was like, okay, they told me this premise in 15 minutes. It was it was really interesting. I know this is a different format and different kind of film because this is kind of like a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. But like, give me a justification for the three hours, and that was kind of playing in my head too. But I thought that was funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, also, I only and I only saw this next movie. I only rewatched this next movie because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't like all in my head. So I had my wife watch it with me. And she kind of regrets it, but uh, I so I rewatched Good Boy, uh, the Good boy. Nor the Norwegian movie about a millionaire and his dog. Do, uh, no, doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. Okay, I'm, I'm aware of it. I didn't see it. it. You were aware of it. Okay, it's about a millionaire and his dog, and he's uh-huh. the the guy's very lonely, and he goes on a date. <clears throat> He brings the date home and the date discovers that the dog is uh, a man in a dog suit. And none of this is right up your alley, by the way. (laughs) And none of this. Okay. So none of this is played for laughs at all. Like it's a very, I would have wanted to be. Yeah, exactly. So, so (laughs) I, I, okay. So the, so the, so it's only an hour and 15 minutes, an hour Mm -hmm. and 16 minutes. The back uh, 20 minutes is just kind of like this really cheesy standard thriller that I really didn't, it was, it wasn't bad. It was just kind of mm, for, for the film that I had seen, it wasn't great. Mm -hmm. The first part of this movie is very, um, I couldn't look away, but not in a bad way, but just, I was waiting to get kind of like, this was too silly for me. This is too dumb. Um, The, waiting for something to happen as far as like uh, uh, um, some joke to be told about this, but everybody was taking it so seriously. It worked. Hmm. Okay. It, it worked in a way that I would have to give it like you know, a slight recommendation. And it does have like this twist that comes in about 35 minutes into it. That kind of, I, for, for a movie like this that I didn't, it shouldn't be this, this interesting it made me kind of audible like give me like an audible gasp so uh, you know yeah i i i do <laughs> i can see if people this is not their thing this is not their their cup of tea you get introduced to the guy in the suit thing within the first 20 seconds of the movie mm-hmm. so you know it's there they established this and it just it worked for me but not in a way that i would ever add it to like any kind of like top 50 list or anything yeah. but just like it's kind of like an oddity that shouldn't have worked as well as it did but. well i am curious about it and the way there, i read the premise here i'm curious if if you felt as though they were making any sort of commentary about online dating but um it doesn't seem uh, like you are i don't think so okay. i think it was just some kind of like premise that like some idea like what if this happened yeah. and you know because it, it's interesting to see because at first the the i'm not going to spoil anything but it, right off the bat like 
the lady's like, what is this? What I'm out of here. Yeah. And then she gets kind of talked back into it because the premise is the guy is eccentric and, and maybe this is what eccentric people do. We don't know what rich people do. Maybe this is what they do. And so I just found aspects like that kind of interesting. Like in, 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 in a, in a horror movie, you go like, Oh, how are they going to keep these people in the house? How are they going to keep these people? How are they not going to end the story within 15 minutes? And this does a really good job of taking this absurd thing and expanding it into a, a, an hour and 15 minutes. I'm not sure if we need more or less movies that like you ask the question, how is this going to go longer than 15 minutes? <laughs> well, like a premise like this, if I, I'm telling you the premise, uh, the premise, and I'm sure people are not going to watch this movie hmm, okay. because they're just no. They're they'll just come not... back next week and being like, I don't remember any of those scenes in Good Boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Norwegian, Norwegian. Oh, Norwegian. Okay, yeah, because like Jacob Tremblay is not in this movie. It's weird. Jacob Tremblay. He looks like he's going to grow into being like a six four <laughs> blonde haired blue eyed kid. He's basically Norwegian already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, those are the two. That I wore. Okay. Great. 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 Thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, we get to be the only podcast that has an extended bit on Good Boy. So, yeah, exactly. This is true. <laughs> I don't know if this anybody that would do that. No, yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, Nor- <laughs> Norwegian Film Weekly, the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or the Marcus Robinson show. Yeah. <laughs> There's right. Norwegians. I've, uh, I've seen a few things. Okay. Um, first up, TV wise, um, I, Abe, yes. I finished this a bit ago now, but I watched all of Primo season one. Yes, and uh, terrible, couldn't finish it. Obviously, wow. I finished it. I'm just kidding. I, I, oh, I, I was like, like oh, <laughs> that's. Uh, I, I was like, I think that you'd find it fun. No, that show is delightful, and Thank you. Uh, no, I, I very much enjoyed it. Look forward to more of it. Yeah, um, on freebie. Yeah, um, and you've also seen their other work. Uh, Miguel learns to fight on Hulu, which is also. Kind of Chase co-created, created, written by Jason and, and Shay. Yeah, yeah, I did. I I did. I mentioned that movie when I yeah. watched it. Yeah, I like that too. But yeah, no, I enjoyed Primo quite a bit. Great. Um, other, t- yeah, other TV. Uh, Fargo, the latest season, reached its end this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to shout this out because it's great. <laughs> um, it's okay. uh, I I like the Fargo TV series. I think the first two seasons were pretty excellent, and I think it it's kind of went down a bit. I think three was good enough and four wasn't very memorable that's the chris rock season mm-hmm. uh so this season i'm happy to say is like i think the best since season one i think this season's wow. fantastic Great. um uh what's your face um from ted lasso um uh, juno temple juno temple and john ham um among others in this cast are yeah. just fantastic throughout i think the stories it's tight um but there's it's tight yet also expansive. Jennifer Jason Lee, that's also was in it. She's, she's also okay, yeah. and it's just a really solid television series. Like it's an anthology series, so like you can literally just jump in if you wanted to and watch it. But it's just right. a really great season of television. I'm glad I've heard incredible things about John Hamm uh, in this. He plays a real son of a bitch. Exactly. Movie, yeah, so. yeah. For that reason specifically. Yeah. Uh, I also finished season two of Reacher. Um, okay. Yeah. Reacher is a very fun show. Um, very much enjoyed season one, and I very much enjoyed season two as well. Um, in the finale, Reacher does something that's so Reacher that he totally reaches, and it's great. It's uh, <laughs> what a sentence! It's great. It, it, <laughs> there's there's just a bit that he has to do, and it's the most like Reacher thing you could ask for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I, I equate Smurf with giant men doing action things in action show. That's what I say when I can refer to Reacher now. Um, <laughs> 
but just a, that's a fun that's a fun like so, you know in the you know in the midst of the drama that is Fargo I'm also like this fun like you know trashy show on Amazon about this like soldier of fortune that goes around beating up guys is great so <laughs> Uh, Movie-wise, you know, a few things. Uh, Marcus, you had Earth Mama on your top 10 list yes. last week. And so yes. I finally, and I told you, that was the one movie I regretted the most not being able to see before making mine. Mm-hmm. And I watched Earth Mama, and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. um, Very good movie, very well made, very well acted. Um, I, yeah. I don't know where it would have landed if I had more time for Let It Resonate With Me in 2023. But certainly a good movie. Certainly happy I finally watched it. All right. Um, I watched ISS, International Space Station. Yes. Uh, it was a very honored to pose. Um, John Gallagher Jr. and others. oh, Gal's in here. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it's a cool premise. The yeah. uh, U.S. astronauts and Russian astronauts on the uh, the the ISS, mm-hmm. and like something happens on Earth that signals some kind of disaster taking place, and like mm-hmm. both sides are being told. Uh, by the respective governments that they need to take control of the ISS by any means necessary. Yeah. So it becomes this like paranoia thriller as far as can these people cooperate or are they going to start going against each other or what have you for a small movie like this that's set in space, meaning that you have to have people like in zero G and whatnot throughout most of the runtime and make that convincing without having like, you know, gravity money. Yeah. Um, it's pretty effective. I think it, it, it does well with how to like, direct these scenes and make it feel like you're following these people that are you know weightless and you're dealing with this kind of situation yeah um it's a solid like thriller i wouldn't say it's amazing but i still think it's you know it's a worthwhile one to watch okay it's out there um some stuff from last week that we didn't get to talk about what mean girls the musical the, the musical adaptation of the musical that was an adaptation of the movie which yes. is of course an adaptation of a book adapted by tina fey <laughs> Yes, <laughs> correct. Sure we got all oh, that man. straight. Yeah. Um, unnecessary is really takeaway there. Uh, not really? very good. Um, yeah. I it feel like I feel like I when we did the trailer talk for it. Um, yes. My main thought was without showing you any of the music in the trailer, it just looks like a weird ripoff of Mean Girls, and mm-hmm. it's like, why do this? After having watched the movie, I feel exactly the same way. Even with okay. the songs <sighs> being added, like there's nothing about what's going on with the you know this cast of characters that like makes me feel like we definitely needed this were the songs anything of the songs are fine like i don't you know okay. they just it's the kind of musical where like they just, like it's similar to like wonka where it's like in the moment it's like yeah, all right it's okay. fine i guess but like i don't remember any of them yeah. Coming oh, out of okay yeah, yeah yeah okay beyond you know so that like, like the cast is like there's there's nothing special about it like as far as who they've hired to play all these characters with the exception of two. It's like the, the, the one, the, the character that Lizzie Kaplan and like her and her best friend, like they play in the original one. Okay. Um, the two actors they have here, one is uh, the actress voices Moana. Um, oh, uh, of, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't remember her name right now, uh, but her, the singer, her and the, yeah. yeah. And the actor who plays her best friend here, they get more, there's like more developed with them. So like by mm. default, they're just better characters. Um, and they're also like consistently quipping it because they're like the Greek chorus of the thing. They're like, on the side okay. and, like they make yeah. a lot of quips and jokes and whatnot. Like it's effective. And you also learn enough about them. But like the rest of it just feels like, why do we, why are we doing here? Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. that's special. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel like it's, and like it's, it's adapting a 2004 thing. And like, so the edge, it just feels quaint. Like if for a movie called Mean Girls, there's nothing really mean about it. Like, yeah. Got it. it feels very, 
aware of how times have changed and things are more sensitive but in a way where it's like well if you want to have edge have some edge like i don't know it's sure that's kind of a because uh, i i've been seeing renee rap the one of i think she plays she plays Regina George, yeah, the, yeah. Like and character. she's been having like a really good press tour of just being you know out there and pretty open about uh who is who is it who is or has not uh crossed her who has or hasn't crossed her it's pretty fun to see her out there but um unfortunate because uh I can't remember. Would you say that you were a fan of the original? You've seen it I once, think they, right? I think yeah. I've saw. I've only seen it the once when I saw yeah. it in theaters, and I thought it was fine. I I'm not like a diehard Mean Girls person, but like right, it it doesn't like it. it you know, it, it land in the territory of all time great high school movies for me. But I get well, I get why it would have a certain sense of popularity. This one, it just feels like it's for those people that like that movie only. I don't know. I, it, <laughs> it's hard to think like someone that's never seen anything Mean Girls related to watch this one and be like, yeah, that was great. I can't. Yeah. I can't picture that. <laughs> okay. Um, meanwhile, I also watched The Beekeeper. Yes! With Jason, with Jason Are, are we having a, a Nights episode on this? I mean, it's been a it's been a while now at this point. So. Okay. Right. <laughs> been a while. Uh, I just want to say this movie is super fun. Okay. Um, like, as you recall, Abe, we talked about this and the John Woo Silent Night trailer. We did uh, at the back to back, and we were all like, "John Woo, of course, that's the movie to see." No. And that movie was not good. And surprisingly, the David Ayer directed uh, Beekeeper uh, kind of rules <laughs> in a way that I did not expect. Sure, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 very. Have you not seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet. I mean, if you get around to it, we can still do, we can still do a longer okay. episode yeah. on it because what I like about it is that it's a full it's, spoiler episode. What I like about it is that it's more nuts than I expected it to be. Okay. <laughs> it's more than just like, it's one thing to be like, Jane Stephen fights people, but it's another thing to be like, oh, that's what the plot of this is. And uh, I was, I was impressed by that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Is, the, is the scene with the car going off the, the, the roof, is that in there? It's or off a they... bridge. And yes. Yeah, oh, wow. Like, Okay. That's not even that's that's early on in the film. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. All right. But this also fits in with like you know how how I at least and I think that you are too like hot and cold on David Ayer. It's like he'll have like a good one and then he'll just have a clunker and then he'll have a good one again. So maybe this, this falls in the camp of good. This is his second best movie, I would say. Wow. It, what? Yes. What the hell? Was, end of behind, Watch being number one. End of Watch is awesome. Like yeah. that's like yeah. no denying End of Watch is awesome. Yeah. Um. Th- this is yeah. This one's this one's high up there in my yeah. book. It's wow. It, All right. Yeah. It, it gives me. It makes me be like the next time a new David Ayer movie comes out, I'll be like, I guess I'm paying more attention this time. <laughs> like, I'm curious <laughs> what this this new huh. phase of Ayer's career is going to be. So. I mean, hey, get on him for still getting Hollywood work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he hadn't stopped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's still going, writing stuff and and producing. I watched um, Jake Johnson's directorial debut, yes. Self Reliance, mm-hmm. uh, starring Jake Johnson, uh, as well as Anna Kendrick and Andy Samberg, among others. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a most dangerous game type riff where he plays like a kind of lazy guy who gets recruited uh, to participate in a game where he will be hunted and if he successfully evades his hunters for like 30 days or something like that he gets a million dollars um okay i overall like i think the movie's fine that said i like that it's doing more than just what that premise suggests like Mm -hmm. it's it is like ultimately like a comedy and has plenty of like bits about the situation he's in but it's far more focused on Jake Johnson being this kind of layabout that needs to figure out what he wants to do with his life. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of 
introspection on his part. Like this, I can see why he's like, why it's like his directorial debut. It's more than just like a you know a silly farce. It has, it has right. stuff. It has meat to it. I still think the movie's okay, but I mean it's 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 it has it goes a little bit deeper than what the than just the premise that it has. Mm-hmm. And uh, lastly, um, Marcus, you were not here when I specifically watched a thing to talk about while you were on the podcast, which was, of course, the Chris Rock, Kevin Hart comedy. <laughs> that, was not, that was not very good. But you mean lo- industry plant, Kevin Hart? But, oh. but, but lo, and, <laughs> lo and behold, Netflix released another Kevin Hart movie this past week. And <laughs> I did really? watch that. And so I'm happy to talk about that now with Marcus on the podcast, which is, of what? course, of course, Lyft, the new F. Gary That's Gray right. movie. Yeah. Uh, really? Fe- featuring oh him, uh, Gugu Mbatha Ra, uh, John Renault, uh, 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 Sam Worthington, uh, <laughs> Billy Magnuson. Uh, it's a heist film uh, where Kevin Kevin Hart obviously is the master thief, very confident. It's mm-hmm. not a it's not a laugh a minute, <laughs> Kevin Hart. This, this is a I'm the I'm the smartest guy in the room, Kevin Hart. He's Danny Ocean now. That's the Kevin Hart we're seeing here. What? And he teams up with an Interpol agent because she's caught them like red-handed doing something. Mm-hmm. And the only way that they can get out of it is like if he and his team partner with her to try to capture a money plane. What I love, what I like about this movie is that it's literally a remake of Money Plane. Okay. Yeah, what... um, a movie that most people do not know exists, but stars Kelsey Grammer. Uh, um, and it involves exactly what I just described a money plane. Um, but this, what? this Netflix big budget movie, again, directed by F. Gary Gray, a man who's directed a billion dollar Fast and Furious franchise movie, was like, yes, I want to take Kevin Hart into the sky and deliver a heist film. Uh-huh. Uh, and he does that. Is this movie any good? You may ask. Uh, not really. Um, okay. It's it's okay. <laughs> okay. It is very it is very decent at best as far as hey, there's a likable cast here. They're doing a heist thing. Heist movies are inherently pretty fun. F. Gary Gray's uh, a a decent director, so like mm-hmm. yes, it's not impossible to get enjoyment out of this. Mm-hmm. But it's ultimately like you know pretty pretty. Uh, wasteful, it's not impossible so. to get enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it's, it's, okay. it's pretty it's pretty whatever overall yeah <laughs> well but but, but so, Mark, wait, wait you said is this a serious kevin hart is the serious yeah it is like it's you know it's i would it's just a it is a heist movie i wouldn't okay. even say it's a heist comedy there's comedy in it just by nature of having a oh. powerful cast Okay. D'Onofrio, that's what I was forgetting. D'Onofrio's in this also. D'Onofrio's in this as okay. a master of disguise. He plays, uh-huh. he plays Kevin Hart, whose name is Cyrus in this movie. Oh my he God. Plays Cyrus's best friend, a master of disguise who always looks like Vincent D'Onofrio wearing wigs and mustaches. It's like the weirdest thing. That seems <laughs> kind of fun. I mean, that, again, yeah. there's bi- there's bits that are like, it's not. It's not joyless by any means. It's just like, you know, it's a January Netflix release of a Kevin Hart heist movie. There's not a lot right. to get out of here. That yeah. said, I because I'm pounding movies for the uh, upcoming summer of 2004 20, mm-hmm. I watched another Kevin Hart on a plane movie. You can have to you have to read through the lines to guess which one. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I've seen a lot of Kevin Hart on planes recently. Yeah. That's what I'm oh, getting yeah. this. So yeah, Lyft, Marcus, okay. if, you, if you need a serious heart film i okay <laughs> okay i i it, so he tell does he so he's not i just don't understand the kevin hart without the kevin hartness so they said just don't act like kevin hart act like yeah he just he's, he plays it chelsea straight. grammar he, he plays <laughs> act, like chelsea grammar. <laughs> act like kelsey grammar <laughs> niles okay. all right 
No, he, he is. Does he d- does he do a halfway decent job, or is it kind of like I, th- I mean, go back to the funny? I personally think he is fine when he's yeah. doing when he's when he's like acting. I think he is a fine actor. I'm not gonna say he's great. Did actor, he but do? I think he's, he he's did fine. something else for Netflix like this too, right? And it was like a see. I never saw it, but it was like a series, and he was he wasn't like funny, funny. Yeah, it's a series. It was a series. I forget what's it called. I got it. It's a series with him and Wesley Snipes, where he's his, his older brother, and it's very yeah. serious. It's like mm, a really dark. Serious, yeah. It's like a dark shit. What is it called? Hold yeah, on. no, because like it's, true, it's, it's like, called because that's why it's so generic. It's called True Story. Oh, yeah, um, yeah that's God. right. Yeah, yeah. Where he plays he plays a comedian, but he and his brother get into some like really terrible situation that they have to, like cover up like a crime of some kind, and it's weird. Yeah. But it's him and Wesley Snipes playing it real, like they're playing like a, like just two two care in a drama. Right. It's a very odd okay. choice, but but it, uh, again, <sighs> I think he, you know, I think Hart's fine when he's acting, like. I find him funnier than you do, but I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not going out of my way to be like Kevin Hart's amazing. It's just like, sure, yeah, right. okay. industry oh, plants Kevin Hart. <laughs> what if what if Margaret's nailed it and we're gonna get canceled like next week? Oh God, it's not our fault that Cat Williams threw this in our heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Su- super relevant. Kevin Hart's wife doing interview. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait for Cat to pop up in 20, 30 years. And another <laughs> Remember when there was like a three year run where Cat Williams was everywhere? Yeah. Yes. Like in the like uh, in the early like early aughts. Yeah. yeah. Like Cat Williams yeah. started popping up all over the place. Like right. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now he's back. Man. He was in uh, the one of the one of the episodes of Atlanta. That's right. He's, yeah. He's great. Like his his, uh, he's great as, in it, yeah. as, a, as a Florida man. That's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. With the with the real live alligator the crocodile. crocodile. Yeah, he's yeah. legit. Gri- that that was like I that want to see a more really of good this. performance. Yeah. Like if yeah. they made a spin off of Atlanta, that's just about Cat Williams' yeah. character. I'd be all about. Yeah. It. Which is yeah. which is like a uh, again alligator like, man. Because they're not, they're in Atlanta. It would be Florida exactly. man. He's alligator man. I think that's the like his name. <laughs> yeah. The the um what he said during that interview with in Club Shay Shay about he's like <laughs> yeah, when when I'm acting, I do try to play different people, you know. And I was like, oh, that is true because I've seen him in Atlanta. And in other things, I started watching clips of him in other movies where he actually be is more dramatic. Or is he? I he mean, can he on, can be. He's yeah. rangy. I don't know about rangy, but he certainly tries things out. You know, um, okay. which is something that well, he's I not playing his like over the top persona on stage. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because like Atlanta, it's dramatic, but he's funny. Like he's yeah, he's funny. funny. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, still, yeah. but it's still like, oh, he feels like a character that exists. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is this is good. I'm glad. So, anyway, all right. <laughs> that's been cat chat yes um, <laughs> you, we spelled chat with a k with a, chat, with a k yeah k-h-a-t i love that he stuck up for for uh for uh mark curry that, that's what i yes yeah oakland's mark curry let's go that's right yeah blind spotting season two guest star mark that's curry? true Oh, yes wow. he's in the first Hell episode yeah. i was like this is Hell great yeah. and then they canceled blind spotting and i'm pissed off that's again. right yeah so that's been out now feedback. 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 Trademark. Let's move on now to trailer talk. We're talking about one of the news movie shares of the week, when it's coming out, what have you. And speaking of colorful Negroes, we are talking the American Society of Magical Negroes this week. Um, this is a film that's literally playing at Sundance right now, so it's a good thing we're getting this trailer in while we can. Um, <laughs> it stars Justice Smith as a character named Aaron, except it's spelled A-R-E-N, so I'm very mixed on this already. Um <laughs> What what fucking spelling is A R E N? What is that? Hey man, yeah. you know, it, it's actually it's actually very similar to um 
Attack on Titan, Aaron. I can get that's a whole that's a different language translated. That's different. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But Justice Smith, who I generally like, uh, plays a character named Aaron who is recruited into the magical society of Negroes to follow a lifelong cause of making the lives of white people easier. Uh, you have David Al Greer co-starring here as a mm-hmm. as a, a seemingly like a Robbie Coltrane type Hagrid character, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, along with many others. A lot of comedic folk in here. Uh, that this is the uh, I believe the, the the first. I want to say first. I made it the first one. I think it is the first from the director, right? Kobe Lib- Libby. <laughs> Trying to tell if these other things are shorts. No, they're not. So it's. Oh wait, no. no he's a, he's been an actor in a lot of things. He's been an actor. That's uh, what I'm saying. I'm looking at the wrong tab. Yeah. yeah so it's the direct. Yeah, directorial debut of Kobe Libby. Um. So yeah, uh, Marcus, what did you think of the trailer for this? Um. I. I mean, I like the trailer well enough. I think I like the premise more than the trailer. The trailer looks like it may turn into some kind of like routine rom com. Um. But I'm hoping for more. David Allen Greer's in it. I love that. Justice Smith. I love that. Um, I hope that if if this is some kind of like in some way this is some kind of like black Harry Potter in some fashion mm-hmm. uh, that would be my hope um, and I know that um, it's 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 probably going to get people online pissed off and I'm here for that you know my ass is terminally online so <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> I'll watch it the trailer it was <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, the trailer was so-so, but I, I, I look forward to it. Yeah. I'm pretty there with Marcus. I think the premise is actually very funny and interesting and satirical um, and maybe pretty open about uh, societal norms, what we what we call societal norms today. Uh, but yeah, it, it does also have like a tinge of uh, will they, won't they type of situation of a rom-com and maybe that becomes the, the larger premise and Maybe it loses its theme, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping that it's um that it continues, uh, with its forward momentum, um, on the themes that it's trying to play with. Yeah, like I'm not against what you guys are saying because I I have the same feelings. I'm just so curious if it's like just focus, the studio being like, is the premise too like, is it too much like poking and prodding at stuff where we need to like advertise something else? Because it is mm, weird that it like starts off with this very obviously satirical premise and then Mm. it just kind of leans away from that it makes it seem like it makes it seem like it's like just authentic in what it's presenting as far as a magical negro society as opposed to being (laughs) more over the top about the fact that this exists and then leans heavily on a you know a romantic plot line and this is just in a trailer so i'm i'm curious like what if if they're leaning away from the stuff that makes it the satire that it presumably is then then why would focus buy this movie to begin with like sure. why why if you're not going to yeah. advertise what it it's is good and, point. You're gonna lean, and you're going to lean on something else that it's like i don't i don't know um that's it i don't know enough about it and i haven't read any reviews from the people that have seen it sundance already so i'm mm-hmm. certainly curious and I'll, i probably won't read any reviews because i don't do that anyway until i see it um but yes I, i'm hoping for the best in the same way that you guys are as far as there's ideas here that seem fun um, that could amount to something. I, mm-hmm. I want that to be that. And if it's, you know, be less of the romance thing, or if it is the romance thing, I hope it's just good. <laughs> I hope it at least sure. works. So. But no, I like seeing Justice Smith. I like seeing even with his ridiculous name spelling. I, I like seeing him in a lead role. So that's, that's fine. And, you know, more dag, the better, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I love that guy. Yeah, exactly. Whenever he, like, honestly, whenever he does show up, like, a, as a TV, like, 
a lead in a TV show or pops up on TV. I mean, he was in um, he was in uh, the Color Purple that we Color talked Purple. about a, few, a yeah. couple weeks ago. And I was like, great, I'm I'm glad that Dag is here. Yeah, just puts a smile on your face. Sure. Well, the American Society of Magical Negroes, a title that I still think is the best title of the year so far. Uh, uh-huh. You know, your move, other studios, top that. Um, but that movie <laughs> opens uh, March twenty second. March twenty second is great. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's get to our main review for Origin. I want to be in the story. Really inside the story. And build a thesis that shows how all of this is linked. I gotta be honest with you, I don't understand. I don't see it. You go and write your stories. Folks need to know about this. You're trying to make sense of racism, but your thesis is flawed. It was all lies. They knew we weren't inferior. You don't escape trauma by ignoring it. You escape trauma by confronting it. I don't write questions. I write answers. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Origin. This is a film adaptation of the nonfiction book Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents by American journalist Isabel Wilkerson. It's also a film chronicling Isabel's own journey in researching and developing this book, which coincides with her own personal tragedies. Anjanou Ellis Taylor stars as Isabel, and the film is written and directed by Ava DuVernay. Origin had its world premiere at the Venice Film Festival before being acquired by Neon. However, despite the overall praise it has gotten specifically regarding how it attempts to address some big questions... An argument's been recently been made that the studio hasn't done nearly enough to sell the film to audiences. So, Marcus, I ask you, yes, what did you think of the film, and do you believe it has value for the general population? Okay. Um, I liked the film, though it is flawed. <clears throat> I will... Okay, let me let me touch on one thing, and then I'll come back to if it... If, if I feel... If, if it uh, holds some kind of what was the next question? If it if it yeah, if like it, societal value, if it has yeah. some value, yes. Okay. So first of all, uh, Duve, du, Duvernay's direction is the high point of this of this movie uh, of uh, the reason why I like the movie. Um, we get a lot of well constructed sequences, which introduce multiple stories of people who are living through these um, <clears throat> these watershed moments in history. These dramatizations really succeed in in, in in invoking the the necessary emotion that 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 I think was needed to um, to kind of solidify this greater point of cast. Mm-hmm. Um, we witness uh, book burning in 1930s Germany. We witness um, Jim Crow laws in action. We witness we get to to spend some time with the, the uh, Dalit people. Um, and Duvernay does a really good job of tying all of that together and bringing Wilkerson's thesis to life. Um, the part that doesn't really work here is the part where it kind of has to tie, it ties back into Wil- Wilkerson's own life and her personal stuff. And I think it's about maybe about half the movie, maybe less. I'm mm-hmm. not too sure. 
But that part, um, even though there's a lot of tragedy there and it felt bad for saying, you know, I wasn't interested in that, but I found myself not as interested in that section as I was in the greater themes at play, how uh, uh, um, race relates to caste and how, you know, all these all these uh, people around uh, a society uh, tie it together. Um, I, when I was forced to go back into uh, Wil Wilkerson's life, I, I found myself kind of uh, um, waiting to return back to the to, to the premise. Um, I think that has something to do with the fact that I maybe this would have worked better as a documentary, but um, I think with how many balls um, DuVernay has to keep in the air, um, it's just, it's still really impressive feat. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that not everything was nailed um, really doesn't shift my, my enjoyment of the film or how necessary I think the film is um, that much. So as far as like, if this film is, is how necessary this film is, I, I do want to say that I, I think DuVernay's work as her most notable works are great introductions to history. They, these, these are his introductions to history that, that many Americans uh, specifically have been shielded from. Um, she takes these historical events and uh, that we've been taught in history class, maybe, and uh, builds an entire film about exploring them from a marginalized group's side, mm -hmm. um, uh, giving us a fuller history, uh, 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 examining, uh, giving us a more correct way to examine historical ideas. Um, so as far as like origins goes, I, I, I think if the the point of it to me was to bring people together to to unite in in kind of like a class struggle through knowledge of the system that we're living in i don't think it was as good as 13th or selma or when they see us mm -hmm. but i do think it works um uh, uh i do think it works as kind of like this communal film or for a lot of people it may work as um a kind of first step an introduction into like breaking down maybe propaganda that we've learned in our upbringing. And for that, I, I think it, 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 it these movies are really important. And I think DuVernay's voice is very important. So yeah, I hope I answered mm -hmm. both questions. No, you did. And I, yeah. I thank you for, for that. And obviously we'll delve into it more as we go on. Yeah. Uh, but Abe, I want to get to you. What are your thoughts on the version? Um, well, I didn't see it. So you, you can go ahead, Aaron. For sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, I, I I'm I'm kind of mixed on this movie. I think that there are really interesting elements about it, and I think that when the highs are high, they're high. Um, I think where I kind of am, not that I'm, it's not negative. It's more of just oh well, I do see the seams of. I think that it would work better as like a documentary at times because some of the things that she's going through, and I'm sure I haven't read Origin, um, the cast. cast I'm sorry, uh, cast the 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 book that this is adapted off of, but some of the things that she's delving into are very deep and nuanced. And I, I would agree mm -hmm. with Marcus the way that he characterized it as it's a very good introduction to things because I think at parts of, of this, um, I think are, are handled in a way that are very fascinating. I think she gets like some firsthand accounts from people that may have actually been a part of a, a situation or a, at least for sure. Um, there is like an actual professor who's playing himself, um, who speaks about you know um, the Dalit system in India, uh, and that's fascinating. 
but the intersectionality and the bisectionality of all the things that she's speaking about here, some of it work and some of it doesn't. I think that when you mm -hmm. are trying to do like a pretty monumental thing, like I, I think maybe a term that people might use here is that it's, it's quite this ambitious movie and it is like, this is a pretty like serious work of art or I'm sorry, like book work. Um, and to adapt such a thing for the screen is difficult to do. Um, especially like when you think about, uh, how, how much time spans in this movie, uh, and how you're going back and forth. Like the strong parts are when she does delve into the, what she would call the pillars, uh, the writer who would call the pillars of, of her book, um, and kind of going through the examples of how this idea of class system, uh, has been throughout like it is the leading cause of the divisions between anybody at any point in time. And here are the examples of why this is true. Um, what's fascinating about it is that while I, I kind of had a stronger connection to uh, Anjani Ellis, who plays um, Isabella uh, in this movie, I actually had a stronger connection to her personal life in this, but I kind of was curious as to how that was, coming more into play with the writing of this book aside from, well, I need to make money and I also need to take care of, you know, this old house or whatever the case might be like the, com the compulsion of things are kind of interesting uh, and might've been better explored at some point, but also uh, if it wasn't wholly necessary, then, then perhaps um, change in some way. I, I did enjoy what I was seeing here, at least from the standpoint of historical truth and also uh, the way that DuVernay is very much like in your face saying, here are some books that you can read. If you were to like pause on things, um, there's certainly uh, a lot of um, uh, like works that you can pick up and learn more about the subject matter. It's also very, um, the, the movie itself is also very, uh, Man, what's the word I'm thinking of where it's got a bunch of like schemes in it? Like not schemes in a bad way, but it's there's just like a lot of um man, I I'll have to come back to it, but it it certainly serves like its purpose for uh like the figures that she's using, which are a lot of like blocks. Um uh man, I I don't know, I can't think of the word. Anyway, um uh just there's a lot of like visual like here are things that I'm trying to show you to build up to what it will eventually be this, this work here. So yeah, overall kind of mix on it. Cause I think that there's just so much more to explore emotionally powerful in the vignettes that it's showing uh, specifically, like I think like the Trayvon Martin thing, um, most because that that's probably the most recent one for me. Um, and then sometimes like it didn't work for me and that sometimes that it didn't work kind of, is mostly because they she is showing you this historical truth in 1930s Germany, 1930s, 1940s South, um, and at at points like it's this is not a this is not to be too uh, light about it, but at certain points it, it kind of felt like um like drunk history might have been able to do it better uh to to some degree, and um. Yeah, so I I'm again it, it's it's good in what it's doing, but I also I also felt like some of the seams and the sort of like the last thing that I'll say is that there it feels like there I I have seen movies where they have or documentaries 
where they have introduced real life situations, real life characters, real life people in the movies themselves. Um, and it, it felt more seamless than maybe some of the things that I was watching here uh, with Angelina Ellis as an actress kind of being a person, a real person, but then speaking to another real person about a specific situation. And that kind of felt false to me at times. Um, and so that it kind of didn't work in its favor when she's reacting to like a real situation. And um, again, not too often, but it just didn't work for me because I could see the like the strings at work. And that, that was kind of unfortunate. So um, anyway, uh, that's that's what I thought about Origin. So I've seen this film a few times now. Um, I've been fortunate to have the screener copy that Neon sent in its fancy package that they send to critics every year. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that because I found this film to be one of the most challenging films I'd seen last year. Um, that and the zone of interest, um, for that matter. Mm -hmm. um, and that that's neither here nor there as far as how much I like the movie, but what what gets me about this film is it really made it felt like I really wanted to work to get what it wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I can reiterate a lot of the things you guys have already said, so I'm not gonna do that. Um, but I do think the term ambition um uh, is certainly right uh, as far as describing this movie. What I can tell very clearly is that cast is basically an unfilmable novel. Um yeah. mm -hmm. like I the, agree with that. um as far as what's presented in that book, this movie it's clearly, you know, it's it's using Isabel's personal story to make make a narrative out of that, right? Uh, which makes plenty of sense to me. And I honestly, I did appreciate it. I, I like those scenes because I think the performances within them are very good. Mm -hmm. I think John Bernthal I is. I, I and John Bernthal joins the list of uh, uh, great white guy performances in POC and women's stories from last year, <laughs> uh, which yeah. includes John McGarrow from Past Lives. Okay, uh, yeah. Ryan Gosling obviously is Ken, and Adam Brody in American Fiction. Okay, um, it's like these movies that are largely about <laughs> that POC. Is, that or is women. a pretty small list, yeah. Um, but like these these white guys give great, and Nick Offerman in this movie for that matter as well. There's a first um, scene, yeah. There's just like, it's like I really I think they're very effective in movies that are not about them. Um, yeah. but regardless, uh. You know, I think the things involving her husband, yeah, him, her husband, mm -hmm. uh, Nisi Nash Betts, um, mm -hmm. the uh, the character Audrey McDonald, I think, is terrific in this movie yeah. as Miss Hale, a character that appears under ten minutes. And I mentioned that because every year, as I like to mention, the uh, the Battleship Retention, our friends over there, um, they they have their awards and they have a category, the Bruce McGill Award for best scene under ten minutes. <laughs> um, and since I'm a voting member of that, I nominated her among others as okay. far as that goes <laughs> yeah, yeah but no like i like marcus i hear what you're saying as far as is it inherently less interesting to hear about this person's life compared to the greater asks that this movie is making mm -hmm. i can accept that but i do think the performances within the scene i agree i do agree with that i do agree with yeah. that because when i saw what i got from the burnthal performance and the nash performance was comfort mm -hmm. Sure. I knew yeah. when I saw them, as soon as I saw them, it was very comforting. Mm -hmm. I got it. It was great performances. I knew what I was getting was great performances. I just wasn't, I wanted to go back to the bigger picture. Sure. Which is yeah. fair. And, but I, I bring this up because I do think the fact that I'm saying it's unfilmable as a novel is because if you, if it, if it's for one thing, the novels, it's just, it's a nonfiction book. Like it doesn't really have yes. a structure for a movie to begin with. So it's, it's up to Duvernay to write something right. that makes his yeah. work. And whether or not, you know, this is the best way to go or what have you, the story that I saw, the, the movie I watched, here's what I got. And judging that, I think 
having those scenes, which you just described as comfort, I think is very appropriate. That makes, I think, this more digestible overall to be able okay. to go between these kinds of scenes that depict a variety of different things going on with Nazi Germany or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, basing that around what Isabel's going, I, the meshing of that, I'm not going to say is always, you know, perfect or always non-jarring, but I do think there's enough to work with that I appreciate it as far as how do you make this story relatable and understandable? And that mm -hmm. gets me back to the main question I had, or the other question I had for you, uh, for both of you, honestly, as far as what's the population supposed to get out of this? Because watching it the first time, my reaction was, I think this is, th there's a lot to take in here that I appreciate, but I have no idea how you sell this to an audience to watch. Mm -hmm. I like, and does that come down to the idea that maybe this should be a documentary? I don't necessarily think so, but I don't know either. Like, mm -hmm. is if you take all this stuff involving Isabel out, and you just present it as straightforward narration. There's a way to make that entertaining, sure. And Duvernay, who's made documentaries, probably could have done that, mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. she chose this route, which makes yeah. me curious. Yes. Um, and as far as you know what a you know what audiences can get out of this beyond just feeling like they feel important for doing for seeing a movie like this i it's rough and that's something i do want to analyze more but mm -hmm. but like on an overall level like i do i think this movie is quite effective for what it's doing i i can agree with a lot of the points you're making as far as where flaws might lie yeah but i think there's enough work coming from uh, i think Anjanu ellis taylor is excellent on this movie throughout as yes. someone that yeah. has to both be you know reactive to a lot of things she's hearing as well as um very direct in how she approaches different things. Yeah. I think that that plays really well as far as a well-rounded performance from an untraditional lead character uh, such as this. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, yeah, I mean, the the way DuVernay is editing back and forth between all these different time periods or whatnot, it's a very expansive movie for a movie that I can't imagine costs too much money to make. Mm -hmm. So it's all that $30. Stuff, all, yeah, all that stuff I really appreciate. Like yeah. I, I, you know, looking at what DuVernay has done as a director so far since being, you know, a best picture or a best director nominee right best picture nominee um you know she's made interesting choices you know you, even give or take like wrinkle and time even wrinkle and time is it's not it's not a great movie but it, it's still like it feels different than other things but mm -hmm. like beyond that like you mentioned mark is um 13th and and when they see us and whatnot like mm -hmm. these are as opposed to just like churning out hollywood stuff she's right. made a yeah. lot of very deliberate choices on the kinds of projects she's attached herself to and i i can appreciate that this movie doesn't feel like a lot of other movies i see when it comes to dramas right um, let alone ones that adapt you know books like this yeah you certainly hit something that i would that i wanted to delve more into as an individual not so much for the show but mm -hmm. Like I had mentioned that, oh, I think it might work better as a documentary. But I also was questioning myself and like, why would she choose this format? She mm -hmm. chose a narrative format in a a story that she had to write and she wanted to present it. It does have, I think the I think the documentary feature that I would I'm more so speaking to is because these topics are so nuanced and they're so deep and they're it's actually very fascinating as the threads are coming together and. The third act of this movie is the most is the most interesting to me, um, where everything's like really coming together, and she and you're able to kind of see throughout history, um, her her um, her central premise. But um, yeah, I I also was also questioning, you know, not that she has to make this a documentary, but yeah, I, I'm curious why she would have chosen um, uh, the way that she did choose to make this, and that's always like a fun thing, and I would never knock a director for for wanting to try something new, uh, for sure. 
here's my here's my question okay. for you guys then like because you have that third act which is ideally split does it work for you does it work as far as by the end of this do you feel like Deverne has conveyed how Isabel has tied these things together y- yeah 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 I, I I as as much as I wasn't too uh great with with uh how she tied it back to her life mm-hmm. I I do feel like she got the thesis across um i do feel this is i i i'd rather have this be a series than mm-hmm. a documentary because oh, i think I this thing is so heady this thing is so it's such a big this is like you could make an entire uh 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 this could be a semester somewhere right. you could take an entire course on this yeah yeah um uh, of the concepts in this but i think she does a good what she does a good job is 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 tying things together at the end and going okay this is my thesis and to make it make sense because it's just a, it's a hard um like you said it's not even really a hard sell but it's also kind of like a hard thing to tell somebody about right. somebody was asking me right afterwards like hey what was the, what's the movie about and i'm like well specifically this is what it's about but like do you have like 30 minutes do you have like you know what i'm saying like it's it's a hard but i think she really does it and and while i do think uh, you know there are parts that don't work and and abe you're right some of the you maybe even some of the stuff um the the dramatizations don't aren't the best but you know i i think the 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 what I wanted most out of this was that the concept to work was it to make sense to me. Yes. This to make sense to me. And it did make sense to me. Yeah. Cause I think that there is a um like the larger question, and I think one of the, the more interesting conversations they do have. And I, I think overall, what I would reemphasize about my thoughts on this is that I could see the seams and I could feel the seams of this. And that wasn't fun for me because I was okay. I always kept thinking to myself. I, I see what you're doing here. You're you're imploring a character to dig deeper about a subject matter and then having another character explain it. Um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But the, the conversation that she has with Nisi Nash um, where they're talking about racism versus cast, case, yeah. um, is a very good conversation to have. And that's important to yes. understand because while someone might view it as one thing, you know, I think Mark, it's the way that you phrase it, a... a, a Man, I, now I can't remember what you just said there, but it's basically just um, class warfare or or class. Um... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, uh like uh, um, uh, what did I say? Yeah, but that saying. that subject matter is actually <laughs> class there. struggle. Class struggle, yeah, and that and that actually is you know the crux of all of it too, especially if like if you're reading things offline, um, and and you're kind of thinking right. about the situation, like it's never really about it is like race is a part of it for sure, mm-hmm. but the larger division is actually just more of like the class struggle of viewing one thing as another I, thing, and I think like the example I would give here is like w- welfare, um, it's like people are always right. like, well, you know, Black Americans, African Americans are like the highest on welfare. Well, that's actually not true, you know what I mean? Like that's actually because there's there's fewer black people in the United States than there are white people in the United States. And so the larger percentage of people that are on welfare are probably white people. Um, but you see it as like this whole entire like weird race thing because yeah. it's kind of just been designed to talk about that way. And, um, and one, more, one more thing, just not, yeah. uh, just to add on, add on to what you're saying, um, and I'm, I'm not trying to... Uh, no, no, no. Whatever. But um, I do think this was made for a specific group of people. Like sure. I think my parents would get more out of this 
like um and i'm not this is not i'm not saying it's in any kind of like disparaging way but there's yeah. a there's like kind of like um an oprah book club ish um yeah uh, uh, um group um and cast where... was an oprah book club uh, entry it is it yeah. was yeah among perfect. other things it's a best-selling novel it, it increased heavily it, um, it, it, i'm not i'm not trying to downplay it. anything no i know in, what you're saying just, in a movie yeah. but but i feel like there is um maybe a group of people that that don't know this they have no entry right. point they have no um not to get too wild but they have no class consciousness mm -hmm. and 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 this is an entry point and i do feel i'm going to give it some extra points because it's such a petty uh, idea um to go like hey it's not about race go it goes further and and I, and I know a lot of people who uh, I, i'm trying I, not to say I this in a, in, a, in a way but yeah. you know i know a lot of people think that and they stop there and this is going no it doesn't stop there this is this is what it's about it's a, it's it's sure. it's class struggle and i think to get that point across to quote unquote normies or whatever um <laughs> That's hard. That's a hard ask. And yeah. and and I think Ava does it. Yeah. How do you sell that to Aaron's point? I don't know. Yeah. And that's I bring I want to get back to that question too, as far as marketing and what have you this week. There's been a lot of things about how Ingenue I was like literally like handing out, you know, flyers for people yeah. to see this movie and Ava Vernon. There's been quotes yeah. about Ava Vernon yeah. this past week. And weekend she's as well. doing yeah. and she's doing she's been doing a lot of work on her own to sell right. this thing when yes. a studio bought it and the idea for a studio to buy acquire a movie and distribute it means they're gonna they should be putting their marketing muscle behind it to sell something on it yes and they just frankly haven't they put their eggs in i assume the ferrari basket as far as neon's concerned mm -hmm. that's we'll get let me get back let me get back to there the the <laughs> the um what you're talking about as far as like uh generating interest in this kind of story who the guy kind of audience seeing this or what have you how that relates to what i think of this movie i feel like th i feel like this would be a lesser movie if i did feel in fact it was very pedantic like it was just lecturing okay. to me constant things i sure. can i can attest to the idea that it certainly you know thrives on being educational mm -hmm. um that's not inherently bad um it, would I I'd, I'd be closer to classifying this movie as homework compared to other entertaining black stories like mm -hmm. I don't know Judas and the Black Messiah I specifically sure. like because it's framed as an action thriller that happens to be about a real person where this sure. movie is very much a movie about educated people you know doing research and development on a book like it's mm -hmm. it's they're very they're yes. entirely different kinds of stories that said I do think again it goes back to the vignette kind of structure of this film where we're jumping back and forth in time and in between different individual stories and perspectives I think that's what holds it well for me as far as how to make this movie more engaging and inviting to an audience. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean I think an audience is going to be racing out to see a movie like this. Clearly they're not. Yeah. At the same time, though, I I hesitate to think like, like, I, you know, it gets better, you know, well, you have to just read interviews with DuVernay to really know, but like, if she wanted to make this a doc, she probably could have. If she wanted to make this right. a mini series, yeah. she probably could have. It also I, obviously comes down to resources and kinds of things that make the most sense from a business perspective or what have you. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think the movie that's been made that exists here, that's two mm -hmm. hours and 20 minutes. I'm not going to say it's a thrill a minute, but I do think the structure she's gone for and how to make a book that really doesn't have a natural structure that lends itself to film mm -hmm. that there's something there and that's why I've been watching it multiple times because I'm like, I'm so, trying to dig into this. There, I'm trying to like get like, 
what she wants out of this because so, even like the description of cast and the way that's that isabel or angelos is presenting it in the film i'm not even sure if i entirely buy into the thesis like that's where i'm still yes at. okay that's that's fine I, okay 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 i want to i want to address one thing um mm-hmm. um there is a sequence that that because you um you bring you do bring up um um why she would do it in this format and why whatever and i've been thinking about it there's a sequence um when i'm trying to do, spoiler alert but two things happen that are tragic in her life back to back and there's a sequence when she's laying down and there's leaves it's slow motion yeah. and there's just like this montage whatever and i feel that if there's any point to the back and forth because i i more was kind of disinterested in the back and forth aspect of it then i hated then i didn't hate that part i just was kind of wanting to go back but if there was any point in that that's the point it duvernay was going i'm going to make a movie where i'm focusing on that's personal to me Mm -hmm. that i'm focusing on this woman and i'm focusing on this black woman and we're centering her and we're centering her grief and we're centering her her how she processes and the uh non the we're not all a monolith idea that she has some different ideas than a lot of the people around her do that are uh, at the cookout or in the 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 black scholars or whatever mm-hmm. um that to, scene to clear, in particular oh, to, be, to be clear me me saying i'm not sure if i entirely buy into the thesis i don't agree with connie nielsen i'll say that for much her yes, character okay. sure. yeah yes, I mean, that, was, that, movie. that was another group that marcus didn't mention which is like her her, her german friends, friends. Yeah. yes yeah so i'm not i'm not with them yes okay okay <laughs> But yeah, okay. So if there was if there was one ask, there's one thing that I'd be like, okay, why did she make this? I I'd lean more onto like that, like okay, I want to do this because I'm so connected to this individual, right? And I and I feel like her story is just as valid or whatever, even if it doesn't connect, which I don't think it does fully yeah. in the way they want it to. Um, I think I would say that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, also with the, 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 uh, the I usually get really, um, uh, like it's usually like really cringy for me to, to see like a, a bunch of, uh, rich people talk about, um, the plight of poor people or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that sequence that you're talking about here was handled very well. Oh, it's believable. Um, That's why. <laughs> it's believable. Yeah, it's believable. But I usually get it like, oh, I'm just gonna get. Oh, oh, I can see where this is like a fancy thing. And I was like, anyway. Yeah, I, I hear you on that front too. Because again, that scene itself it works, but also the way that it's been devised, it doesn't work for me. You know, if that makes okay. sense. The same way that a lot of other things that feel as though she got think... to enter a situation to explain something it just doesn't sometimes work i i didn't think the the nick offerman scene worked for me it didn't work I... for me that much until i got it later right where she's just like the way to do this is to break to to make yourself be seen as a person versus sure. you know, a thing but that's like much later it... you have to like tie back sure you know? sure sure it can, yeah. to me that came off as um like we just need to talk to him. Yeah. And it's like, okay, okay, fine, 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 fine. And this is very when I when I say stuff like that, I I tie I do I do uh, that is me saying something bad about Oprah, Oprah book club stuff. <laughs> no, I hear but you. Um, yeah. She's also anyway. got a few clunkers that she's introduced to the National Society that have not been great. Um Dr. <laughs> Phil. Uh but uh, no, there's uh, the examples that I would give here in terms of like other movies that I've and this is not to say that you should 
have one style over another is that I watched the game of Black Panther 2 a lot, um, what kind of forever in this movie, mostly because of what I think that me and Marcus were kind of talking about when we talked about that that review of just how class warfare is basically the premise of that movie and how uh, U.S. governments or governments might want to exploit people of color and, and whatever else. And then I, I, I thought a lot about um, Chloe Zhao movies, and that's what okay. I was kind I of referring that. to earlier yeah. with there's real people in this movie here, but Chloe handles it in a different way that is more seamless than than what I could get here. You know, and I'm not talking about like the the vignettes in this movie, just more of there are again that professor speaking of the, the there's one professor speaking of another professor mm-hmm. um, in the delete class. And that certainly felt like a lecture at times. And I loved that lecture, uh, but I certainly, again, and appreciate what Avra is doing. But I think there's different ways that I've, I've seen it handled that that kind of clash with how I was viewing it there. So mm. overall, that's kind of what I'm, I'm kind of uh, the vibe that I was getting is it is Aaron, you mentioned it specifically. And I thought the same thing. It, this is, it's a pretty unfilmable thing. Like I thought about like, um, what's the movie uh, with like the true, true and Tom Hanks. Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas yeah. Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Where it's like, well, this is people have said this is unfilmable and that's a different thing. Cause that's more of like a work of fiction um, across time spanning things, but they do handle things in a way that is um, at the end of it. You, you certainly are feeling the themes coming together about how everything has kind of happened all the, all uh, it's different overall, but you know, I think that that handles it in a way that is much more nuanced. Well, uh, you have directors there in Claude, not to go forward too far in Claude mm-hmm, Atlas, but yeah. like they're used to tackling that kind of ambition. They're used to being That's like, point. we have giant ideas and we are very visual filmmakers. Yeah. Let's do, let's do what we can. And yeah, it comes together in a way that's, Honestly, pretty brilliant. I really like Cloud Atlas. Yeah. I haven't watched that in a while. I might watch that again pretty soon. Wow, actually, okay. it needs a 4K because um, it's a beautiful movie. Um, so, sorry to change it. Is 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 um uh Speed Racer on 4K? Not yet. Okay, right. I need that first. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. But so to, to to speak to this film, yeah. Um, I think Ava DuVernay is a talented filmmaker, mm-hmm. but no, she. I mean, as interesting as the stuff she's made is she hasn't tackled something you know the, the only time she really tackled something that has this wide of a scope is a wrinkle in time yeah, yeah. we like chris pine being in that uh that, that drake video the movie. invisible box yeah uh you know the the movie <laughs> itself is you know it's kind of a mess right um that's not me saying that it's impossible for demand to just figure this out again i really admire the ambition going on here and mm-hmm. the choices being made or whatnot but yes make you know making a a novel like this using this story and trying to tie very large ideas together make that like accessible for an average moviegoer that's mm-hmm. a lot to ask it is it, yeah. it really is it's it's a lot to ask for me i'm the one I've been trying to watch it multiple times just to like keep yeah. taking in and like solidifying my opinions on it but mm-hmm. i admire it like that's really what i come okay. down to I, I admire that it's it it feels like a good the kind of the good kind of movie that inspires conversation sure. um, on, and on top of that, again, I do think this performance is very strong. You have a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are doing we should talk about that. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about it. Let's. I mean, we, we, we can talk about Ellis more if you, Ellis Taylor more if you want to, or, or rather supporting characters that kind of stood out to you. Marcus I think here. the supporting cast here is really good. I think you had mentioned Burnfall, mm-hmm. but Nisi Nash is like, and yes, Nash is really good. 
And I was thinking the, when I was watching this, I was like, if you had asked me which cast of Reno 911 is the one that was going to break out, it wouldn't have been her. <laughs> but it is her. And I was like, I'm yeah. because she's been in good performances. Who would it be? That's things, my question. Who would you have said? <laughs> I think I might have said either uh, the captain, Jim Dangle, um, or I might have said um, uh, one of the, like, um, uh, who's the guy, the guy with like, the sunglasses all the time? Oh, um, He's the you know who Bell Dog, of course, yes. Yeah, but I was like, that guy seems like he's like kind of weird. But Joe Lo Trujillo, which comes on later, he also was like a breakout of that show. But mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was curious. No, 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 of course not. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I agree with you. I do think Daisy Das is very good here, and she's you know she's popped up in other things, leaning on drama more and more. Re- I mean, she just right. she just like win a Globe or something. She, she that, won an Emmy for that yeah. for that yeah. Dahmer thing for Dahmer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for that I did and not. Watch. She's also in a movie that we I think we really liked her in. I forget what movie, um, but we we were just really raving about her in, in a specific movie that she was in. Or I'll have to look it up. Anyway, she's in Uncorked, which we talked about on this show. Yeah. She's yeah. in Selma. Um, I hear you. Regardless, yes, yeah. he's very good at here. Mark, do you have any other yeah. thoughts on? <laughs> I thought. I mean, like I said before, uh, John Bernthal and Nish Nash are, are they're my they they were my kind of uh, standouts in this, mm-hmm. my rocks, because uh, I knew that I was in in good hands when whenever they were on this on screen. <clears throat> when, and I um, knew when well, Bernthal and uh, Emily Ancy plays the mother, plays the mm-hmm. mother. The, the scene where they're talking about Trayvon Martin, I think, is a really good example yes. of just great acting all across the board. Mm-hmm. Where it's they're they're contemplating a situation that's basically impossible and trying yes. to say things respectfully to each other, right? Through while, generations, through generations, like, yeah, yes, correct. and and also trying to mask a certain level of anger going on just right. based on the atmosphere in the air. Yeah, that was a brilliant scene. Even even you know what? Even the scene, the first time we see uh, John Bernthal when he's taking the grandmother from the 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 chair the wheelchair mm-hmm. uh and and they're going to transport her to the 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 nursing facility um and he's talking to her and he's like very much the, it, that interaction is wonderful yeah it's just wonderful and and i and i think that's that's that that's what I say when I mean comfort and, and with Nisi Nash is her pushback on, on, on some of the stuff. I feel like she, she speaks to me as, as uh, like, I know people in my family that would, Oh, push back on this just like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I really connected to that. So th- those are the two that I really, um, uh, um, really connected with. Also, um, I don't know. A lot of these, uh, the side, uh, stories are kind of like sectioned out into really small uh, sections, but yeah. um, uh, Jasmine Jones and uh, I, Isha, but the two uh, scientists, yeah, the yeah, two, and the two, anthropologists, the anthropologists yeah. that yeah. went to the south. Yeah. I could watch an entire movie of that. Yeah, sure. I could watch. They were good. They were. I wanted more. I wanted more of their story and I knew yeah. I wasn't going to get it because everybody, you know, they were segmented out, but I could watch an entire movie of that. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Like when I watched this the first time, I had no, like the, the description so vague and there was no trailer when I first watched it. So like, I did not know what I was getting into. So uh-huh. when it like, you know, you get this opening scene that's like, I, I slowly realized, Oh, this is Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then you like, you, you, you get to, 
to uh isabel like going on a plane or whatever and then she's lecturing at germany i'm like so now we're Nazi. Like, where is this going? And then yeah. it's just like it had these layers. And like, what is this? Like French dispatch? Like, are we all just like <laughs> and I kept thinking, are we gonna get like an extended like 30 minutes spent in Germany with yeah. uh yeah. with um uh Finn Whitrock's character? Like I didn't know what was happening. So it right. was really it was really neat to see it unfold in that manner. So I didn't know where it was going. But yeah, they mm. are individually, those are they're they're good performances in these like little segments. But yes, I agree with you. Like I well, I'm happy that the film is just a film. Like, if there was like this mini series version of it, where it just would focus on these different things every week or whatever, like, yeah, I I could see myself enjoying these specific segments. Yeah, so. I agree, and that's also where I brought up drunk history is because they would do things like this. And again, not that they're the same; they're they're very different in the tone that they're going for. For what sure. are you saying? I'm just saying that sometimes <laughs> I've seen the reenactments in drunk history, and I was like, this is informative and entertaining. That's uh, not- you so. make history come alive. <laughs> like well, that goes to the point. Uh, I, I think there are the the drunk history audience and the audience of Ava DuVernay may not cross over. Oh, totally, I don't think that all they... that much. You know, like that's what I'm saying. So, like this, I don't know. I I I do, I do see a lot of the books like my mom reads. I mean, I also and stuff like I, that. And this my, is this is very much that. My my dad watched Drunk History uh-huh. and he watched this movie and he enjoyed okay. both. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, right. But okay. I know what you mean, Marcus. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I will. I, uh, sorry. Uh, in terms of, like other things, Aaron, you mentioned Audrey McDonald, who I thought was very strong uh, mm-hmm. in in her minutes on the screen. Some people that I, I was like, I don't know if I needed to see more of this. Is it because back to Marcus's point was Vera Farmiga and also um, the other editor who was like, I don't Blair know Underwood. if I. If uh stephanie march um blair underwood is i was just like oh he's he's gonna try and and win uh andrew ellis back isn't he yeah uh, he doesn't <laughs> but he's just like a, he's just like an editor guy. He's like i want you to write this story you but, didn't want to uh, see more of via farmiga going like are you sure give him that are you sure look and are and also sure? like you know sure? putting out her her hand to, to hold as <laughs> like to say like i'm here if you need me i uh, think she does that very well <laughs> Yeah, she does. I was like, oh, okay. She does yeah, have I, that I face that of like, are yeah. you sure? Mm, <laughs> she does have the Conjuring series. Yeah. Are you sure you I, want to move like, out of this house? I, I like. She has the the. She. I think she gave the presence of, you know, I have all the money, and I'm not sure you're selling me on this. But come back when you. She has <laughs> yeah. that look, so I was like, okay, that's what, yeah. That's all I need. She, she's specialized in that look for a while, though. I mean, yeah. she has. Yeah, and <laughs> also, you know, her sister might pick it up too. Also, <laughs> that is Stephanie March. I didn't realize that for. A yeah. <laughs> so I never really, yeah, I, I just don't think before. about these. Yeah. I just not think about these characters. Like, oh, that's SVU. Never mind. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but that's all. So those two characters, you know, it's funny that we were talking about American fiction, or I saw American fiction fairly recently as well. But this is where I was like, yeah, I can certain. This is like all well, the seam work that I'm talking about. I was like, I, I feel you pushing these things, and they're they're real and they're true and they're they're uh, they're authentic for uh, Isabel Isabel's character, uh, but also like, well where's the question mark is like what's the tie-in here like why are we why are we like seeing these people just to like give her support about you know this is a really good book that you're writing here you should really focus on these pillars and then you know she starts writing and drawing things on the whiteboard um yeah. like and it's like i, I well, you know there's there's like a weird momentum shift and again it works for me in the third act when it's all coming together and she's really putting all the pieces together for everybody to watch but um, yeah, some of the side characters that I didn't think were so there, like there's there's books there. There's like a, a a question that I keep asking myself because I watched this movie and I took away what I took away from it. Yeah, whatever, and I you know acknowledge that I didn't like some parts more than others. But 
there were people in there's I saw it with about 10 people um, and they all love they will it seemed like they love the opposite so I know that there's a crowd for that and speaking to Aaron's point like I don't know that while I was frustrated at how it went back and forth I don't know that it could work separate that's, I don't know how yeah. they would work separate because that's, that's what I'm saying like because yeah. anyway, I, I can I can understand if it and I because I, I can agree as well like mm-hmm. if the scenes don't work for you as far as how they're being put together that's one thing but I, yeah. I think in terms of like the narrative being constructed you need those scenes to get to that third act place where you're where she's oh, yeah. the actual book like I think the movie kind of there's no there's no interconnectivity there's no tissue to like bring it all together without no that, that's a good stuff. point yeah because I again I like the Burnthal stuff and I like the mother stuff and the nation nest stuff and again I, I think I liked it much more from the standpoint of I like that they're humanizing this it has to come back mm-hmm. to home base at times you know what I mean and then she's got to go back out uh, and run the bases again so yeah I, I guess that, that's the, what the Marcus's part. audience is responding to the fact that there's something more right. relatable there I'm 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 over here going oh I love this kind of like Howard Zinn thing that's happening. Yes, and they're yeah. like, they're like, oh, um, I'm really connecting to Nisi Nash's character. I'm really connected to this sisterly bond. I'm really because it grounds you know, it. It gives you so they grounds it. Yes. Yeah. And and I think I'm the abnormal one in that I don't I don't think I'm well, that's not new. Yes, exactly. There we go. Okay. You more reviews on Good Boy. Yes. Good boy too. That man was but a yeah. dog. So I, I I do under I do understand that. And then in the no, moment, I hear we're you. talking about that too. Yeah. So. No, and it, we're kind of circular logic here because I'm I'm also on the same page with you, Marcus. Like I it sometimes it doesn't work for me either. Um I just I get why they're doing it, but in any case. Was there anybody else side character wise or character wise that you guys just want to highlight and say good good job? Um the 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 man the older man who was speaking all about the mm. the, the flashback with the pool. baseball yeah. stuff in the yeah. pool I thought was just a it, it, it's such a weirdly not weirdly but it's like it's play you know you've already gotten so much and th- this is almost like the I don't know like the Alfred Molina scene in Boogie Nights like just one more thing um, let's have <laughs> this now what a call <laughs> but like wow. instead you know instead of being this horrific night with that guy it's yeah. she's already assembling the book and everything it's like also here's the story that this the older white man has to say about what happened when he was a child with this baseball play. It's like that ties I, I, into a story my mother told me. Mm-hmm. And it like it it's very effectively made. It just comes at like a place that's like, okay, one more thing, I guess. Let's, let's add yeah, this in here. Yeah. But I but I do think that that performance from that man, the way he's narrating that story, mm-hmm. I think is very effective. Yes. Uh, you know, combined that had a with, documentary feel. Combined with the imagery that we're seeing. Yes. I yeah. think it just it you know, as a sequence in the film, I think it's very effective. Yeah. And yeah. and again, Ava DuVernay, when she films specific scenes and things like that, I think they're very effective. You know, Marcus kind of talked about like this like darker scene, like a darker room scene with leaves. But there's a callback in that specific scene that Aaron just talked about. And that was very effective. I I, I liked the way that that was portrayed, kind of like a full circleness of yeah. of the character, um, kind of understanding some of the the pains in the past and that kid gives a really good performance in that scene too so get on him i think there are multiple scenes that are very that she does just a really good job at conveying these interesting points mm-hmm. these these historical facts the there's the scene with uh the the nazi lawyers um <clears throat> where she comes goes from a picture to a reenactment 
to a conversation with her friend mm -hmm. about uh, how the connectivity of, of what they are doing and then the laws they're trying to implement come directly from American laws, Jim mm -hmm. Crow laws and, and whatnot. Um, I think she does that seamlessly. And I didn't even think yeah. about it. Um, but in retrospect, I'm like, wow, the, constructing that scene, yeah. constructing the scene in the pool, constructing all of these kind of scenes that are different. Yeah. Um, but they convey, they, they, they tie everything together really well. And I think that's what she does really well. Yeah. And, and I think that's just a really big ask. Yeah. And that's what, that's what brings me to why I'm pretty much on board of everything you guys are saying, where like, I certainly admire and like this movie quite a bit, but the film, what it's doing, those like Marcus, the scenes you just described, those are scenes where I'm most on board with what Isabel's thesis is because the movie's functioning at a high as far as yes, how to get me there where right. when it's not doing that that's when i feel like i'm getting lost personally as far as trying to like comprehend what it is that isabel's trying to do here and yeah sure. that's when the movie's weaker it's not conveying its points as strongly yeah. so if there's i don't know what the fix is i don't know if like i don't know if tightening that makes any difference it's a long movie but like mm -hmm. i don't think it you know making it shorter suddenly makes it better um so i i don't know exactly you yeah. know and it's not up to me to figure out. i'm just judging the movie as it yeah, is but I do think I ultimately, yes, I, I see what you guys are saying is there, and what Abe, you said initially, as far as when it's at its high, the highs are very strong. They're very strong. Yeah. yeah. I may like it. Like, I don't know, a smidge more than you. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But like, it's it's still like I, I can agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Also, just to pick up on the movie making very quickly in that scene, Marcus, I was also wondering the same thing about, oh, well, they're speaking in German. There's no subtitles. And then she does movie magic. And I was like, this is a really cool way to get you to Best understand to what you're it. talking about. Yeah. yeah. Best way um, to do it. And that they reminded me of like, you know, Hunt for Red October or even Valkyrie. But those are a little bit more like on the nose of like, let me zoom in on somebody's lips. And then now they're speaking English. You know, Avatar, it's like yeah. the way of water, you know, all of those movies <laughs> yeah. that have foreign languages that they have. Right. Been. But the way that they're doing it is like, this is actually good because, you know, not to not to belabor the audience question that you had earlier, Aaron, but more just like some audience members are very dickish when it comes to subtitles um, and it can be detrimental to a movie if you were to be like, I want this to be authentically in German and I want people to read it and then they'll understand. It's like, no, sometimes people are just like, just, just tell me in my language and it, the point comes across much, much more um much more prominently. And so, yeah, good movie making on that front. He speaks to my point that this was made for Americans specifically. <clears throat> That's a fair point. Yeah. For the, the yeah, as an answer to like the American history yeah. lessons we were told. Yeah. I think that's very deliberate. And yeah, very deliberate. Yeah, Especially like, I think a lot. I think a lot of her, a lot of her work does this that yeah. thing where they go, oh, you know Martin Luther King. Well, you know, uh, you know the the Central Park Five. Well, let me tell you, you whatever, you know, right? Or did you know Martin Luther King wrote a magazine article that I referenced? Like, whoa, well, where'd you read it? Ebony Magazine. Really? Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, you know, I didn't know about these things about history. Yeah. That are true but they've just been like dumped on and kind of like disregarded so pretty fascinating stuff and it's cool to uncover this stuff but you know um yeah all right well if, before we before we wrap up the review i, I just want to get back to the you know the selling this movie aspect of it and like what yeah has been doing oh sorry before I, we get there great yeah, score yeah. oh yeah it is I, yeah I think score is chris powers very good very yeah, strong really move mm -hmm. really moving and it, it really helps elevate the scenes uh, but yeah go ahead to your question well yeah i you know i can't I can't speak to what Neon's strategy is or, you know, whether it's fair or not or what have you. But, it, you know, it is telling to see, you know, the, the the filmmaker for months basically do the work 
by themselves right. uh, to to get the word out on a film that could have had a slow roll, could have you know been released in different ways or what have you in the midst of having so many movies out there. And you have a movie like this that is, you know, it doesn't sell itself. It's not right. Wonka. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's not is that the that, comparison? Like, I mean, it's fun. I mean, that movie's made fucking $200 million. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> based on the fact that it says Wonka in the title mm-hmm. or it's, I obviously origin is not going to be like a you know, giant box over the box office movie, but it's not a movie that like inherently says, you you got you, you people can't wait to see this. Like <laughs> look at the subject right. matter. Look how appealing all of this is. Right. So it, it it is you know it can be frustrating to watch like you know the people that shouldn't have to be responsible for doing this putting in the work to do it themselves like that yes. that, that is such a you know as in this yeah. day and age with so with so many resources available to you and what have you it's weird to be like on Instagram. And yes, you have like some random like white TikTok person like yeah. talk about how much they like Origin, so they can sure. sell the movie to other people. Like it's like, right. wh- where are we? Like what? Yeah. What are we? What's this, Neon doing? So this speaks to like something that I talked to you about off mic back in December. I was like, oh, uh, we were talking about Origin. I was like, oh, I didn't know that that already came out yet. You're like, it actually hasn't. It's coming out in January, and I was like, oh, because I've been seeing some buzz, and I wanted to see it because people have been been talking about it. Um, and that's where like there's a mismatch of I don't know when this movie was supposed to come out, right? Yeah, it had its like yeah. week, it had its week run, so it could qualify in December. Uh-huh. But yeah, the, the wide release is obviously this week. Yeah, we're talking about. and the reason why I also thought it had already come out was because at uh local theater houses near me, you'll see origin postcards and origin like mini posters that you can pick up from yep. desks. And I was like, this is such a weird thing to have happen because, uh, like we were saying, there neon picked this up. Neon is not known to be shy about trying to push their projects. Yeah, they don't have many projects that they need to push in a year anyway. It's very a twenty four ish in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I guess that they're just putting their money behind like anatomy of a fall, um, for for Oscar contention. But it is it 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 does become difficult when you have the lead actress Anjanou Ellis Taylor, um, and also Ava DuVernay kind of having to push their own movies. Yeah, it's like, a bad look. Please go. Yeah, it's not. It's not a great look. Can you please go see this? Because I spent a lot of time on this. It's important to me. I think it's important to X Y Z. It has a huge cast too. I mean, there's people yeah. that could yeah. be getting out there doing stuff about yeah, it. Yeah, Burnthal. Like, like, where's Burnthal at? You know, ne- what I mean? Neon I, could be making situations for this movie to have yeah. attention, and it just right. Even looking and, at just the poster, it's just like yeah. you know, it's her yeah. face. Look it up. Origin. What's yeah, that about? I have no exactly. idea. <laughs> like, what and is that movie? I think the other thing about this is I was watching the credits, which again, the credits are part of movies. People, uh, uh, this is produced by a lot of NBA players as well. In addition, it, yeah, to, I did notice that. Yeah, like Chris Paul, and there was also like I forget the other guy's name, but um, they've been. And I was like, there, there seems like there was at one point a big discussion about like this is going to be the movie of the year. And yes. I guess it just fell off. I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah. It does because yeah, you're right. The uh, the 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 characters or the the actors that are, appear in this movie, the the list of producers. Um, I think Ava DuVernay holds weight um, mm-hmm. as 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 some being somebody who was has a, was aligned or is still aligned with Oprah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I don't get that. I. 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 The push. I. I. I hadn't seen any kind of outside of Ava doing some interviews, and uh, I hadn't seen any kind of like push for this. And the same like Instagram 
Yeah, random. Stuff you know, like that. random stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's the thing. Fair. The thing Avery speak could do with like basketball players, what have you. Like, yeah, that that shows that this movie had to scrap together money, to, you know, to get made. Yeah, like yeah. it's an indie movie. I mean, it's bought by, it's distributed by Neon, but you know, it's and it's made by Array, Array, which is like Ava Vernay's um, production company that she mm-hmm. shares with like a few other notables. Uh, but yeah, that's that's scrapping things together just to get something like this out there to begin with. Sure. So yeah, yeah, it's annoying when it's like all the work goes in for something that you know I appeals to the this kind this time of year um, doesn't get the attention. Well, I, I just don't understand, and maybe this is me being naive. I don't understand the concept of buying a movie that you can't sell, or without the the kind of the oh this is how we would sell this movie. This yeah, is it, it is unless weird something thing. happened in the back. But it's right. the whatever that this thing just completely fell apart. It's and... stuff. Yeah, it's stuff we'll never be too privy to. But I think right. was, I think if I had to guess, it comes down to the attention that Anatomy of a Fall ended up getting. Uh, their yeah. strategy for Ferrari, which is a hundred million dollar movie, which is not something that Neon, you know, normally mm-hmm. goes in that hard on, and trying to balance like where you know following uh, festival reactions and you know varying critic reactions or what have right. you. It's like what. What realistically can we do so we can earn accolades? Like actually yeah. produce something. It sucks that there's it you know, does, at yeah. the end of the day, there's a business model that they're trying to follow as well, much like any other studio. What were the reactions? It's I know like, this was it, uh, it's, beforehand. I it, mean it's 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 mostly strong. Like it says like mm-hmm. what eighty one on, on Rotten Tomatoes or whatnot. And it's gotten mm-hmm. favorable like reactions out of festivals, but not like blow out the doors reactions in the same way uh, that like certain other movies had sure that's it ferrari is very similar in that regard also, right it's yeah also not like blowing out the doors like exactly maybe more, like, maybe less than they expected yeah, yeah. It's and, and like i that's where the business side of things comes into which is kind of unfortunate because you know you do go to festivals you shop these around at festivals and you make them and it's not easy to make um and then somebody a distributor buys it and the distributor Hopefully the strategy is talked about, but again, like come award season, it just becomes one of those things where things get dropped. And this has happened with a movie that I think a lot of a, a lot of us enjoyed, which is like Iron Claw. They're like, oh well, you know, where's like the Zac Efron push? Like, well, H O Four is kind of really pushing um, past lives right now, yeah. And they're they're really trying to push, you know, Celine Song's story. You know, you've seen uh, uh, Greta uh, Lee like in a lot of interviews, and so they're really trying to push one movie specifically and it kind of is unfortunate because other things fall by the wayside and for like a small distributor like neon small being relative um it is unfortunate because you would think that they would have they have like a a more of like a central voice in we're trying to push the artists rather than um like trying to gain accolades Uh, but there is like a business side of things because The movie that I think about when Marcus asked that question was Magazine Dreams, which is a movie that had been a lot of... It had been getting, like, mixed positive reviews. But Majors was the sell on that one. Yeah, Majors was the the sell. People were like, he's great in it. The movie itself is like, you know, whatever it is, but Majors is really good, and Majors got into some legal stuff, and now it's kind of, like, indefinitely shelved, right? So Yeah, like, it was bought bought by Searchlight out of Sundance, and now recently we found out that Searchlight basically just sold it back to him. So like oh, I see. Wow. It, it yeah. currently doesn't that's, have a studio. That's, that's uh, I've never heard heard it's of a, that. It's a it's a terrible situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, right, sucks. right. But again, like this is just to say that there, for the film, there is for the business. filmmakers and, and the others involved. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. But there is like this Hollywood business that people have to jump through, which is yeah. why Ava is like she. I love Ava for her being like fuck the system a lot of the time. Like I yeah. don't like 
you know, the way that movies are made. I don't like the way that they're distributed. I don't like these, like this dog and pony show. And sometimes she'll like bucket. Right. Um, and I appreciate directors who do do that. Cause that's probably why you haven't seen her make like a, like a, a movie, like every two years, she's just chooses her own projects, but also she kind of doesn't like the system. That's why I also yep. dig people like Steven Soderbergh, who just like, I don't yep. like the system either. I'm going to go make movies the way that I want to and uh keep making them and it, this is it's it's a tough business and I, I you know getting back to our such question um it does suck that origin is not for for the question that you asked earlier aaron of like how digestible is this for audiences mm-hmm. i'd say it's very digestible but nobody's saying it that that's fair yeah yeah I know we could go on longer yeah. about <laughs> this kind of stuff, which I do find interesting to talk about, and I, yeah. I hope the listeners do as well. So we probably should wrap up so we can get to like silly games and stuff. So- oh no, 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 we can go on. <laughs> Marcus is just frothing at the bit to play some games with us. So. Uh, Origin. Can we is talk like- about Nick Offerman for another thirty minutes. <laughs> if you want to buy one of his hats, that's fine. We can. Uh- <laughs> no, no. You know me. Marcus would never buy that. You know me. Yeah, Origin I already is- have. Origin is currently playing in theaters all over the place. It's ideally, I mean, it's probably the widest it's going to be, the widest it's going to be. Sure. When should people go and see this movie, Marcus? Um, you know, wherever, whatever you see, I think I think it is a communal film. I think that's that's the most important part. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those movies you could watch at home with your family. So I mean, I don't want to downplay it, but at home. Yeah, fair enough. Abe, yeah, for, I think for all the the seams and flaws that I was talking about earlier, um, I would say that this is like a, a Dollar Theater matinee or uh, HBS streaming. Yeah, I um I like this movie enough to be like if if you have a chance to see it, I would say see it in a theater. But mm-hmm. I think the more likely such a scenario is going to be that it'll eventually leave the it'll quickly leave theaters, and so I would say whenever it debuts in a manner that's, you know, accessible, watch it. I think it's, it's, it's a worthwhile film to watch. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's been our discussion of origin. Let's um, let's move on now. Abe, what, uh, what time is it over here? Oh, Aaron, it's time for a quick game. Marcus, did you know that that's actually the song that plays every time wine is being poured in the movie origin so it's actually played a lot <laughs> okay. there's a lot of wine drinking in that movie by the way um sorry i, I was i was buying uh nick offerman's hat in camo and <laughs> camo. <laughs> uh i've got two games for you guys uh the first one here is all about uh, ava um this is a game where i'll ask you guys some ava diverney questions feel free to Buzz in when there is a buzzing question, but you, later just you made in. you made a a movie pun there, did you? you know, all about Ava, that's fun. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, but uh, the first <laughs> one here is a buzz in. The rest of it is actually just um uh back and forth. So first one here. Uh, how many Academy Award nominations does Ava DuVernay have? Aaron. Mark. Aaron. Two. That's incorrect. All right. Really? Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. okay. Uh, Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. I'll say three. No, that's also incorrect. Really? Yeah. I thought that's it was one. two. Honestly. It's just what? the one because yeah. Oh, that's right. Best documentary feature for, for thirteen. 
Everything else was like snub. I keep yeah. giving her the 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 nomination for director for Selma, but yeah, yeah. Just... was that Oscar too white or no? Uh, well, no, but remember. no, but it's just it's Best Picture, which she's not a producer on, so it's not her nomination and Best Song, which she didn't write. Which she so. didn't write, yeah. That was golly. Uh... Yeah. So, uh, uh, just one, yeah, for best documentary feature for thirteenth, um, and she did not win. Uh, OJ the next one, won that year. Who did? OJ, as he always does. Oh, yeah, the four part <laughs> documentary, which <laughs> as you, uh, Johnny Cochran, she's like, yes, OJ wins. Yeah. The next question here is uh, for again, both of you guys take turns. Marcus, you get to go first because you're the guest here, or you could choose. Uh, I'll let you choose this time, Marcus. The question is, what was the box office? Does it really office? matter? I mean, Aaron might ne- name something. could be like a dollar. Um, okay. What was All the right. box office run, domestic box office run total for A Wrinkle in Time? Without going over? Is you can like, go over, uh, closest to. Okay, for A Wrinkle in Time, was the box office what? Budget? Uh, No, no. Total what did it make at the box office? What did it make? Yeah, total oh, box God. office. Um, domestic total. or worldwide? Domestic. 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 Yeah. Oh jeez. Um oh my god. Um I'm gonna be generous. I'm gonna go oof. I'm gonna go 70 mil. 70 mil. Okay. What about you, Aaron? Damn. Um it's it's a bomb. (laughs) How much did it make in America? Because it like it's a, I'm working this out of my head as a talk. It it has a hundred million budget. I think it makes a little more than that total. But what's making America? I'm gonna go even lower. I'm gonna say fifty five. Fifty five. The answer is actually a hundred million dollars. All right. So total one American? down. Yeah, in the in the states. Oh, so it just uh, didn't. It just, it just did it basically completely. <laughs> wow. Yeah, basically just like made its uh budget back. Um. But uh, Marcus, you get that point because you were closer to hundred thousand. All right. So. Uh, the next one here, uh, Aaron. I guess you got to go first if we're if we're going back and forth. Selma Metacritic. What do you think its Metacritic score is? Oh boy. Okay. Um, Selma. Um, and she said this is a short game. There's only a few more. Okay. Before I we went to the main what game. Selma do. Let's say like high seventies, like uh, seventy-seven. Okay. And what about you, Marcus? Um, I'm gonna say eighty. Eighty. Oh my gosh, Marcus! Because you're only one away, and Aaron, you are two away. It is seventy nine. Okay. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> Give me that. Thank. You. Oh, okay. Uh, I, actually, just couple... I actually have to go. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. This year. <laughs> Marcus, you won this week's game. <laughs> uh, Marcus, you're getting your first in this next one here. A Wrinkle in Time Metacritic score. Jeez, um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say twenty nine. Twenty nine. What about you, Aaron? I don't think it was like hated. Um, I will say, I'll say forty one. Forty one. It is fifty three. So Aaron, you get that point. Oh wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Conservative. All right. Yeah. The last one here in uh, all about Ava. Before we move on to the other game, is uh, what was the Wrinkle in Time, Meta uh, Rotten Tomatoes audience score? Off. <laughs> oh, and Ooh. is is a hard what one. What was here. the make believe number that they gave over? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. What was because we talked about you know the the critics, but what did the audience give this? What do you guys think? Feel free to just um, to... I'm gonna say um seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah. 
Okay. That's probably a good guess. Um, because it's like, well, the people that vote on there. Um, <laughs> but they have you have to make an account. You have to know that movie. Now you well, that's my thing. Because now you do, but that's like what's Wrinkle? That's twenty eighteen. Uh, that's, that's, yes, yeah, it's before Captain Marvel when they like really locked that down as far as uh-huh. how the audience score stuff worked. But it's still probably not like super high. That's why seventy nine is a good guess. So I will go. I'll go a little higher, I guess. I'll say eighty three. Eighty three. You should have gotten lower because it's twenty six. Audience Whoa, score. Audience wow. score. Good I Lord. know. I had to. I had to look twice. Okay, so that oh, wow. they that they definitely fucked with that. They one. did not like that movie, and yeah. that, I well. like that you guys have the logic of well, the audience score is usually higher than the critic score. It's high unless they're review bombing it, which they clearly they did. probably review bombed. Yeah, because <laughs> it's not bad. It's not a no, but movies in general on Rotten Tomatoes. It's yeah. not a twenty six percent. Movies in general don't get that kind of a score unless it's like something yeah. very specific. It's so right. that's 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 what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, moving to the real game here, which is top four. This oh, is good. Where, uh, I will real name, game. Yeah, the the real game. This is one that matters. Yeah, you, the, will... you didn't get any points for that one, Mark. What? Okay. <laughs> you, you technically <laughs> won that one, Marcus. Feel better. You, you, you round warm, two, you, where everything's tripled. You're warmed yeah. up. But this is a game where I will name a an actor from the movie that we just talked about, Origin, and you can tell me what you think is in their IMDb top four. This is an unknown algorithm. This is we don't know how they do it. Maybe their agents do it for them. Um, but you'll get a point for each time you get a correct answer. Uh, please don't look ahead of time. And uh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> don't don't look ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, okay. please, please don't look up anybody's MDB page right now. Okay. Uh, but here we go for for uh, Anjanu Ellis Taylor. Uh, Marcus, you are the guest of the show, so you get to go first. Um, what do you think are her top four that IMDb has placed there? Oh... Uh... Point for each. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I know one is um, uh, King Richard. Okay. Um, my Anjanu Ellis Taylor's knowledge is bad. Um, this is the top. Four. Okay. Um, I know. Oh, yeah, you know, I know she was like, like in two seconds of color purple. Okay, so it's got to be in there. I'm assuming origin. Okay. She's okay. the main character. It's three. Um, one more. Uh, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else she was in. That's okay. I don't know. You can stop at three if you want. Okay, three, yeah. Okay. Uh, you got one point for King okay. Richard, which she okay. got nominated. Did she win or she got nominated? She got nominated. She got nominated. Yeah. yeah. And then, then her character and John Bernthal's character ran off together and became married and made work. In, in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> in the she, yes. she left Will Smith. In yeah. the King Richard universe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Marcus, you got one point there. Aaron, yeah. for three points, can you name the other three? Well, I'm going to throw an undercover brother. Okay. Uh, oh, jeez. Got to. I don't even care if it's wrong. Um, what I else? Um, maybe if Beale Street could talk. Okay. And Marcus cleared some up for me, so that helps. Let me, <laughs> let me think. <laughs> one more. Yeah. Um the help okay you got one point as well undercover brother brother? fuck yeah yeah the other (laughs) ones are men of honor uh okay yeah and ray i almost guessed ray oh i went i went i went later i went the help yeah should have went ray uh well the next one here john bernthal so uh marcus what do you think are in his top four he went first Uh, yeah well you know that's how it crumbles (laughs) 
I'm the guest. Damn it. Um, okay, and the winner okay. of the first game. What and a the, exactly. Always remember that. Only remember that. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, John Bernthal. But and these are these are move these are movies. They can be anything. They can be, they can be movies or they can be TV. Okay, Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Okay, that's actually a good call. Um, uh, Punisher. Okay. Um, two TV series so far. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna name one that I liked. Another TV series. We own the the city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. David Simon. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Geez, why am I blanking on movies? Uh, Aaron can help I, you, I but he won't. I don't. I stop yeah. there. I'm blanking. Okay. So you named three TV shows. Unfortunately, you got zero points. God damn it! IMDb, <laughs> what are they thinking? That helps me out. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron, <laughs> you have a possibility of four points here. To really take a commanding lead. Okay. What do you think? Um, I mean, I'm going to say King Richard again. Let's put that in okay. there. Um, what else? I don't think like his one scene in Sicario would count. <laughs> so uh, Fury. Scene. Okay. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Um, I think Fury would be on there. Um, what gets like the cred? This is um widows, okay, and uh, let's go, let's go, Bibi Driver, Bibi Driver, where he plays like an unhinged uh, uh hitman guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you got two points. Nice, King Richard and Fury. Okay, oh, the man. other two, the accountant. Okay, where he plays Ben Affleck's brother. Yeah. And the Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, I wasn't yeah, sure. If they did. Uh, his, uh, he is in that a lot, though. I was. Yeah, I think I was thinking like him. I think I was thinking I was thinking him like McConaughey, who's Bit only parts. Like a couple scenes, but like yeah. he's he's in like a lot of that movie. So that's, that's a good call. I mean, yeah. he's in a lot of The Walking Dead, right? and it's like he is. yeah, that's why I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's like kind of where people kind of first picked up on him. Um, well, Marcus, like, you get a first yeah. since I don't hear Vera Farmiga. Okay, I'm gonna put. The conjuring, the conjuring, okay, and the conjuring two. <laughs> okay, you're laughing, those are good I guesses. See, that's I see where you're going here. I see where you're um, going. I could go, fuck, I could go on. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, Farmiga, via Farmiga. Like, all I can think of is TV shows now, like Bates Motel. Okay, is that one? Um, okay, yeah, I'll go with that one. All right. Um, also, uh, Damn, the nun. Okay. So three horror movies and one TV show. You got one point for Bates Motel. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, Aaron, so ne- neither of the two conjurings. The two wow. conjurings. Wow. Okay. okay. All right. Aaron, for three points, what do you max three points? What do you think? I'll do up in the air just for the okay. Oscar nomination. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the departed because the departed. That seems uh-huh. like a big INDB favorite right there. Um, so those are two with one more. Um, mm-hmm. Neither Conjurings is bizarre. Um, I'll fuck it. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Oh, I forgot about that actually. 
Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, you got two points. Oh, Up okay. in the air and the departed. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, then. Uh, the last one there is Orphan. So oh, is okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is a horror movie, but uh, not the one that Marcus is thinking of. The only horror movie. Yeah. Just a couple more here. Connie Nielsen. Uh, I guess Aaron, you're going first. Oh, now I get to go first. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but I guess Marcus is going first all the time, right? Yes. Go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's letting you. Can you can go first. I'll, I'll... Okay. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work in your favor. But... Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't. I'm. I'm blanking on. Okay, well, I'm going to go then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Gladiator. Yes. Uh, oh, shit. Devil's Advocate. Okay. It's two. Um. Oh, she's in some fucking Wonder Woman. That's three. And then, like, which other Zack Snyder thing? Let's see here. <laughs> Let me take up. I forgot about these until I realized. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I'll say Zack Snyder's Justice League. Okay. You get two points. I hope it's Gladiator Snyder movie. and Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh, Marcus, for, for two additional points, what do you think are rounding out her top four? Um, I'm going to say, what was that second Wonder Woman? 84? 84? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with that. Um, oh, I, why don't I know any movies she's in? <laughs> um, oh, you know what? Um, the, 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 the Robin Williams one. Um, oh, yeah. The, the photo, one hour photo. One hour photo. Okay. That's that's uh, all I got. Um, you get one point. One hour photo is on there. Wow! Oh my god! Right, yeah. it's not okay. Wonder Woman. Okay, what's the? Yeah, last it wasn't eighty four. The the other one was Basic. The one with uh, oh Basic movie sucks. Uh, Sam Jackson. <laughs> um, and and I guess uh, uh, John Travolta. It's the Travolta um Jackson. Like, hey, we're back together again. Yeah, the right. Jag core thing, right? Yeah, except you know our movies suck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the last one here. Uh, I'm gonna let Marcus go first. Nishi Nash. Uh, in the movie, she's credited as Nishi Nash Betts. Uh, but what do you think are Nishi Nash's top four? Um, what's her married name? She's Nishi Nash Betts. So. That's right. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Abe's favorite Reno 911. <laughs> it is a good. It is a good rewatch. <laughs> I like Reno 911. <laughs> They're very um, funny. Dahmer. Okay. Like, was she in any movies? <laughs> um. <laughs> You could go straight TV here. I'm I'm not saying that's the strategy. Um but... um 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 I uh, I don't know. Where am I? Mm. The Reno yeah. one movie. The re- <laughs> they're, they're on two uh, uh, you had mentioned uncorked. I'll go with that one. Uncorked. Okay. <laughs> I don't um yeah, that's that's all I got. So you got three. Um, you got two points there. Uh, oh, number one, yeah. and monster. Uh, but not uh, uncorked. Oh, the dumb one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, where she won the the Emmy for uh, yes. monster. Uh, Aaron for two points. Okay. Oh, Dom. Uh, Dom or the okay. Yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck is monster? <laughs> yeah, that's Charlie Theron yeah. and Nisi <laughs> She's in that. Yeah, no, she she's not in the Charlie Theron movie. This is this is like good boys all over again. <laughs> uh, for two points, Aaron, what do you think um, are finish running out her top four? Okay, so what? I'm sorry, what's in? It's Dahmer and 911. That's what we got. So yeah, far. Monster and Reno 911. 
Yeah, which is the the Dahmer movie. Yeah. It's like Dahmer dash monster colon. Yeah, shit. one like, of those. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> um. All right. What's left? Well, fuck it. I'll say Reno nine one one Miami movie. <laughs> the movie. Is that the movie. Yeah. Okay. And um. I guess Selma. Okay. Oh, yeah. Before she got zero points, mm. it was more yes. TV. It's a series that she's been on for a long time called Claws. Oh, Claws. Yeah, yeah, I forgot the other show. Okay. And it was a movie. And the other one is like a movie. It was a remake. It's called Guess Who. Um, she's with, in that? Uh, with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, with Ashton Kutcher, Kutcher. And, and, um, and Bernie, Bernie Mac. Mac. Yeah, Bernie oh, Mac. Wow. Yeah. The, yeah. The 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 film that answered the question why. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not, another it, one of Cat Williams' favorites, Bernie Mac. That's true. Yeah, real one. Uh, he was the yeah. one king of comedy he respects. That was so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's, the, he's the only non-false king for him. Yeah. That is true. Marcus, valiant effort. You got five points, but Aaron kind of killed it with like uh, maybe when he went first with Connie Nielsen with uh, seven. Oh yeah, points. blame that. That's the reason. <laughs> Marcus decided. He was like, "Yo, go ahead, have it." And you guess like the two ones that were on there. <laughs> I should get extra points for uh-huh. offering my spot. <laughs> That's how it works. Now it's a tie. <laughs> if you added in your, if you added in your two points from the previous game, you'd be at seven. And my and my royal status, another <laughs> your point. Royal. Yeah, but that game didn't count, obviously. So, uh, but that was the good. game. Yeah, the games that doesn't count. Yeah. Okay. Those are the ones I want. Hey, Marcus, you get to watch Lift on Netflix of Kevin Hart, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know for the first time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, that, Abe, thank you for that game. You're welcome. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to about enough feedback. How about feedback, feedback, feedback? This is feedback. where we go for the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We asked a number of questions of the listeners, and they gave us some answers. Then we got a question as well. Yay. Marcus, feel free to throw in any things you have as we go through these. Yeah, the first question here is, what are some great films focused on grieving? Chris Thielen has The Lovely Bones, Antichrist, and Ghost. Justin Weatherby writes John Wick. Uh, Philip Hurd has... Ordet, Departures, Creators, uh, Rossi, and Afterlife. Irene Johnson has Ordinary People and Up. Are there any movies you guys like about grieving or grief? Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Godzilla Minus One. That's a great call. That's answer. Yeah. Oh. That's... <laughs> Let's see. Um, not that Will Smith movie, Collateral Beauty. <laughs> is that with Russell Crowe? No. What? No. Was that Seven Pounds? I'm thinking of that where Russell Crowe plays the the devil. Oh, that's a uh, Winter's Tale. Winter's that's not Tale. that's not a Will Smith movie. Will Smith no. has a small cameo in that. Movie. Okay, okay. Yeah. Not a Will Smith yeah. movie. No, that's the one with <laughs> him where he's like a business guy, and I think like like his wife yeah. died or something, and like yeah. Edward Norton is in it. He's like his business partner. Helen Mirren and Keira Knightley are like angels. It's there's a lot of dominoes for some reason. It's a fucking stupid movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, up. Um, mm. um, what was I just thinking of? I forgot now because I talk about fucking collateral beauty. <laughs> Hereditary. That was my fun answer. Hereditary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah. Why do you have that face on your stupid face? Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah. 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 Uh, next question we have here: What are some great films focused on journalists? Mm-hmm. Chris Cleveland has *The Killing Fields*. Todd Levin has *All the President's Men*. 
Justin mm-hmm. Weatherby has the Pelican Brief, and Philip Hurt has the Philadelphia Story. Okay. Ooh. You know, people don't like it because they're like, well, this is not actually how newspapers work. But I find it entertaining. It's a Ron Howard film called The Paper. Paper rocks. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I love that. I the love Post. That the Post? The Post. They're in DC. They're not in they, Chicago. They'll, they'll talk like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the, it's the Chicago part of DC. Oh. <laughs> uh, how about you, Marcus? Anything for journalists? Um, what was oh, that one you... movie with uh, Gone Girl that she played the, the jur- photojournalist? That one movie with Gone Girl? Yeah, I forget her name. Gone Girl. With Rosamund Pike? <laughs> yeah, Rosamund Pike. What movie are you thinking of? A photojournalist? Um, what movie is she a photojournalist? Uh, she, the, one, the one with the eye patch. And she oh, that movie. I forget away. that movie's name because I just think of, oh, that's the one with Rosamund Pike. Where's an eye patch? No, sorry. It's the one with the Gone Girl. Yeah, the one with the Gone Girl. Um, uh, uh, the, the, the Smoking, The Insider. Oh, yeah, the insider. Great movie. The insider. Yeah. Um uh, almost famous. Yeah. I think would be, that's a good yeah. one. I think that'd be my favorite. A private war. That's, that's the, the one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Again, a very Mar- serious Mary, matter. Mary Colvin. Yeah, very serious matter, very serious subject. And um she was very good at it. Uh all right. Well, the next question here is what is your favorite film grappling with race and racism? Justin Weatherby has American History X. Uh, Scott Laster writes In the Heat mm. of the Night. Good answer. Oh, good answer. Chris, Chris Cleland has This is England and Black Klansmen. Tyler Smith has Do the Right Thing. And yeah. Philip Hurt has Amazing Grace and Cloud Atlas. I, I'm I all... Oh, go ahead. I can't deny uh, Do the Right Thing. That's very obvious yeah. to me. <laughs> but um, mm. I mean, Malcolm X. I'll throw you know, other Lee in there. Yeah. I Again, uh, the... Uh, Spike Lee. Uh, I I have a soft spot for bamboozled. I, it's just my yeah, type of satire that just goes hardcore. Yeah. Criteria. Yep. Yep. Right. Dave Jimmy. Uh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next question we have here: What are some films that inspired you to dig into the actual history of something that may have occurred? Mm. Adam Gentry, friend of the show, writes, it's not technically a film, but HBO's Watchmen was powerful in exposing my lack of education about the Tulsa massacre. I'm very grateful to have had the chance to start learning about it. Uh, Todd Levin, a friend of the show, writes, JFK. Robert James, friend of the show, has. Let's put it this way. Anytime Hollywood says, based on a true story, I know I'm about to see something full of false events, the Google search tends to happen before the drive home. Mm. Tyler Smith, friend of the show, writes, Lawrence of Arabia. Alan Aguilera, also friend of the show, writes, Saving Private Ryan started my obsession with World War II. Mm. Chris Cleveland has being in the UK. We didn't learn much about the Vietnam War. Watching the Deer Hunter and Rambo First Blood made me look into the effects that war had on people and what and why it actually happened. Yeah. And Philip Hurd writes, The Darkest Hour for Churchill, Dunkirk for Dunkirk, and 13 Hours for Benghazi. Mm. Any films that inspired um... you to dig into the history? I remember, uh, I'm not even sure when it came out, but I remember having to watch um, Ghost of Mississippi in school hmm. and being that kind of being my gateway into James Woods. Like, yeah, of course, and 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 Alec Baldwin. Yes, um, yeah, both of them, both of those people, <laughs> um, <laughs> both both of them. Um, but yeah, into like uh, my kind of love of, of of history or my want to need to know of of, of 
dissecting history. So mm-hmm. yeah. Apollo 13. Yeah. Um, I was already, I was always, you know, I was like space and astronomy type stuff or what have you, but like Apollo 13 and like subsequent films dealing with the space race. And when I eventually saw the right stuff, of course, like that yeah. was like, that fueled my desire to be like, now I want to know more about this. So. Sure. Yeah. It's just the episode where Barney becomes an NASA astronaut, but he gets drunk. Uh, before graduation so exactly that space. way yeah. yeah um i i do this with a lot of movies i can't remember off the top of my head but the first one that is the most recent is iron claw where i was looking up the von eric family um mm. and that was just like oh this is actually really depressing and that's why you're wearing those gold briefs right now right that's right yeah and also you can't see it but they're like calf boots <laughs> Good. Uh, the next question here before we get to the question for us is what are some modern directors you feel are underrated Philip Hurt has uh, Hirokazu Koreeda and Mamoru hmm. Soda. Two Japanese filmmakers. Hmm. Koreeda keeps getting to make whatever he wants to every year, so he's doing something right. But I hear you. <laughs> I can I can agree. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's not a household name by any means. Sure. So. Yeah. Underrated filmmakers. This is a really good question. Yeah. Underrated filmmakers? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, no... I... I don't know if like Steve McQueen's an underrated filmmaker because he's done a lot or what have you, but like I feel like the stuff he's done deserves more credit than it's gotten. Even yeah, he also makes a movie like once every like five seven years as well. He's got one coming out this year, right? He's got a movie coming out this year, and he just had a documentary that played last year, like at Sundance. Now it's gonna spread wider this year about Uh Nazi occupation of Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, I stand for small acts all my life at this point so like sure. it's, it's like, i just like, like and like widows was like famously a bomb at the box office yeah despite being like despite, being, the, like, despite being like a good movie let alone one that's like why don't we get original movies with big cast yeah, anymore? It's, also like, it's like it's also like kind of creepy up in like cult status like people are like have you seen widows um who was the because i really did love his direction and i think you mentioned it too aaron the director of john wick Chad Stahelski. Chad Stahelski. Yeah. The first I, one is has two of them. I don't know if it's considered underrated because he's only done John Wick, right? I don't think he's yeah. done as far as feature films, yeah. but yeah, I, I he's great. I can see that as far as there should be more credit going to how good he is at this from others yeah. beyond just like people that like action movies. It's like he's yeah. doing good. He's directing the hell out of these movies. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree because he, he's done a great job. Um, all right. Well, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. All right. Yeah. Um, let's go on to Justin Weatherby's question here. He writes, miss you guys. I've been listening but not posting. Love you guys. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Justin. My question is, with the newer TV tech and older CGI, do you think studios should go back and redo older content or leave it? I personally love practical effects. They just seem to last the test of time, but even some Marvel movies are horrible to watch on newer TVs. Oh, interesting tech question here. Uh, as far as redoing older content, do you think we should redo older content? I mean, the most notable time we did that was with Star Wars, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, but people <laughs> seem to be pretty picky about what they like in their Star Wars movies. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I would, I'm kind of like a hard no. Like it's It's been made. You don't necessarily need to redo it. Um, I think about this all the time with video games, too, because people are like, oh, why don't things look the same as they did um, back when you played like a, a, on a CRT television, um, like a tube television? 
And it doesn't look that way because it was kind of designed for like a tube television, you know? And so when you're playing old Mario on a 4K TV these days, you can certainly see all the pixels and you can see how sharp the lines are or whatever else. But back in the day, kind of just it formed a more like blobby type structure and it looks nice. But there's no reason that you have to go back and redo things just because you have the, the ability to. I I don't disagree with you. I like the idea of having just both options available to you. Like okay. I, yeah. I'm not necessarily like sitting there being like, I need to have star Wars, how it used to be as well as having it the way, like I'm whatever. That's such a, it's, that's such a big example that I don't care uh -huh. anymore, but like, you know, getting certain, there's certainly like cult movies and stuff like that, where it's like, it'd be neat to see, like if there's able to do like another pass on something to like render it a certain way. I don't know. Like it, we're not talking about like taking away practical effects for cg no Solely, no no right? it's more like there was like a cg thing in the past and it could look better now so think of something oh, like okay. highlander it's like well you know the, all the spirits floating around when he gets his head off like like that kind of stuff no i don't like no yeah. the movie like you know an 80s movie or whatever should be right. you know, just leave yeah. it there but like something like when like james cameron re-released avatar uh you know the first one recently he didn't do like a complete like re-render of everything, but he did like a 4K pass on it, and sure. it just frankly looks better now. And it's you okay. Know, okay. I, I don't. I don't think I'd want to go back to an other ver the older version of Avatar when it's like I'm not losing anything here. It's not like yeah. you took anything away from me. It's just like I'm further realizing something I already did. Like that. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Um, okay. Yeah. But but like that's a good example of something that that could use it is something that's heavily computer generated well cause especially because we're in this cg age now where again it's not like doing the entire thing over it's not like you know doing i don't know resident evil one remastered where it's like a completely different game at that sure. point it's like you have these cg elements that you can kind of touch up and approve which they do anyway like there's so many movies when they're released in theaters that are still being worked on by the time they get the blu-ray or 4k this is true like it, that's not okay. a, you know they don't advertise that but that's very much a thing that's being done yeah like like the big the big one was like what thor love and thunder when it looked worse remember they had the kid yeah the cloud, they had right? son yeah. heimdall's son and then he looked even worse when it came out on blu-ray because they're still working on it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> however that worked right but uh yeah but yeah, I, mean, I think we're in favor of preserving the integrity of like older things when it comes to like practical effects or like just how things used to look like, uh, I don't know, like erasing um, or like not like erasing stuff that, you know, was like goofs or whatever that you don't necessarily need to see in older films. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like the, the strings or the lines or what they're like. Yeah. Chords or what that you could easily erase nowadays. But it's like, no, that's part yeah. of the charm of the movie because that's yeah. how it was. It's... Yeah. Go watch Face Off again and see all the strings. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got that 4k you can see it very, very clearly yeah yeah i remember seeing it in 97 like on, on vhs like oh there's a lot of string action here <laughs> okay all right well that's enough feedback 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 and that's feedback. gonna bring us to the end of this week's episode about now there name you can find more of my work at my personal blog at codyzeek.com everything i do ends up over there i write for we live entertainment for movie reviews and why so blue uh, for Blu-ray and Criterion reviews, I actually just reviewed the new 4K of Train Spotting that's coming out. Oh wow! Okay, mm. um, that was I've never written about Train Spotting before. That was a lot of fun to write. Mm -hmm. I'm also on Twitter and all the socials at Aaron's PS4. Abe, uh, you can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.mua, and Twitter.com/slash/WalrusMoose. Hashtag Origin Neon. Just putting it regularly, putting it out there. <laughs> Marcus Robinson. 
Uh, you can find more of my stuff at moviesmarcus.com on X, Twitter. <laughs> um, we know that Marcus is at, a millionaire. He calls it X. I call it, you know, I'm, you know me with my hats. And your blue jacket. Um, and my, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, at Movies Marcus on Twitter and um, uh, Movies Marcus one on Instagram. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now Third Name on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook, Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or our Twitter, twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram as well, instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast, and our kind iTunes reviews ratings. Good to get those. Um, Marcus, thank you very much for joining us this thank week. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you for having me. For, sure. for putting my uh, my uh, introduction music on. <laughs> Thank That's not going to happen this time. <laughs> <laughs> no outro music. Yeah, you're not going to get stone cold again. <laughs> Thank you. I want the the I want Rick the Rick Flair music. If I, if I... <laughs> So yeah, thank you, Marcus, for joining us. Thank you for the listeners for listening. Next week's show, uh, we usually do a Sundance episode around this time, so we'll mm-hmm. see if we can make that work. Yeah, Otherwise, with bills other... with bills, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hopefully, we make that happen. Otherwise, there's still like other movies that I might just like do a little catch up on or what have you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, plenty of things coming up. Um, so yeah, that's going to be it for this week. So until next time, so long and bye. We are the color found in the spring. You are the wind.